Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Greetings, Don Sheep from the House of Israel, your chosen seat of Israel's race. You who the hear Christ call, greetings again. This is the 31st of May. 2018, last day of May, and it is about, well, actually, uh, one of the very few times I've ever met Broadway. You know, much less here. Uh, on time here, it's uh, 6.58, something like that here, just before 7 o'clock. We have Logan Hunter on the air from, uh, well, Nashville, you know, mid-Tennessee. Mid uh, there's supposed to be some sort of little get-together somewhere around Nashville amongst the bowel movement cards. Uh, oh really? Uh, hey, hey. Uh, when is this going to happen? I think the, you know, I think in June sometime. Let me go ahead and really look here. Let me go ahead and look. Okay. Zogbot Philly, Zogbot Philly got some, uh, got some, uh, got you know, got Harold Covington, got a whole bunch of other characters to, uh, to uh, you know, call in and was set up on talks to. My old, uh, you know, Bits Bubros here, a.k.a. Uh, Rich from Tacoma. And I think that uh, his good buddy, Uncle Tom Zog Pig Bowie. Uncle, Uncle Tom Zog Pig Bowie. Uncle Tom Zog Pig Bowie, okay. And, uh, you know, so, you know, Uncle Tom Zog Pig Bowie, he hangs around uh, Chris Day. He's one of Billy Roper's Zog cards. So then they got, you know, they went ahead and got Harold Covington. Got some guys from New England who's setting up his own little, oh, you know, piss pot republic here, racial republic. And they got, uh, you know, Dr. Michael Hill to call in. And I, I you know, I, I, I would agree not to fight with Harold, but, you know, on the other hand, shoot, uh, it, it's sort of like, you know, the thing about it is when they talk about how Zog Babylon is doomed, it's going to fall apart. They're 100% correct. They're 100% correct on that shit. Where they are wrong is in believing that these TARDs are going to go ahead and set up anything that's going to fly. If it does work, Zog will destroy it. It's not, you know, and one of the last things it does here. But the main thing is that here you have Zogbot, Silly Roper. You have Zogbot, Silly Roper. And hell, he... Used to be associated with William Pierce, you know. Uh, still associated, as far as I know, with April Gaydee, who went ahead and took down, took down my uh, web pages. Uh, April, uh, hold on, April Gaydee, she took down your stuff. No, she only took down. She got me a racist strike about this song I sang about it called "Look at Me, I'm April Gaydee." Uh, yeah. Look at me, I'm April Gaydee. Horny as a skank can be. I'll gobble your cock, your cock of your nanny rock showing up on April Gady. She didn't like that song. She did not like that song. She didn't oh, like the entire time. Okay. So anyway, they got a strike on the last day of December in 2017, and, you know, the 
strike came up, tail end of March, but, you know, it was Ogbot Bay. He hangs around her. He hangs around Uncle Tom's dog, big boy. So they had the show on uh, Bish Bubros's, uh you know, talk show channel. And, of course, you know, with talk show, the, the recording was sort of shitty. It was sort of shitty. And so as a result here, uh, I went ahead and, you know, uh, made it up here. But the main one I was going to talk about is that, you know, here's Harold uh, pretending that, you know, oh, uh, Zogmoth Philly is a Christian identity leader or something like that. Uh, Zogmoth Philly don't know anything about Christian identity. He believes that it's acceptable for him to, he says he's DSCI. Well, he's a Darwinian seed line. He believes is that Yahweh must have used evolution to, you know, evolution to go ahead and turn, you know, I mean, maybe Adam evolved from monkeys or something like that, you know. Yeah. And there's the evolved from monkeys, I don't know. But essentially he believes, he believes in evolution. Well, no, this is not a Christian view, and this is certainly not a Christian identity view. The second thing is that, you know, he's been, you know, his grandpa, supposedly his clansman, his dad was a clansman, and I remember way back, Zogmot Philly got mad as hell, got mad as hell at me for early 2005 because John Britton had gotten to me and gotten me to uh, support Morris Gillette as who would take over Butler's you know, position. And I found out later that Morris Gillette was running around with Billy Roper, but they had a fight because Billy Roper wanted him a Zogbot, Rick Spring, known federal informant. You know, bank robber, you know, failed bank robber, you know, known federal informant to, uh, okay, and all-star lineup June 15th to through 17th. Let me go ahead and put the link in. You get to go ahead and see David Duck, Kevin McDonald, William Johnston. I mean, if this was off my probably law center, Earl Holtz, Silly Roper, Jamie Kelso, James Edwards, Dr. Edgen Crink, Dr. Tom Sturdick, Dr. Michael Hill, Dr. Virginia Abernathy, and more. And this is June 17th through 17th in Central Tennessee, just outside of Nashville here. You know what I mean? Really? So, mm-hmm. Maybe you can come in, you know, and get a video camera. I'm the, hey, I'm not gonna. Hey, I'm not gonna be around a bunch of zog bots. There. I, hey. Uh, if I show up, I'm just asking to be arrested because I, I mean most of them are Zogbots and you know Jews and Mamzer uh, informants. I mean anybody, yeah. any, any white man with half a brain that shows up there is just asking to get to get arrested. Well, I don't like that, but you know I mean hey, I don't know. You know, if you don't want to go, don't go then. I mean shoot. I mean I'm asking people boycott it. I guess. I'm definitely going to, I'm not going to be a part of it, man. You guys, no, all right. Hey, maybe Russ Walker can show up with the League of the South with all the mulatto grandchildren, and they can all talk about how they're going to save the white race. Maybe Russ can show up and say, hey, since you're taking mulatto grandchildren, how about about 10% niggers? (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. How about an albino mulatto? <laughs> but <laughs> so they're having it outside Nashville. I went ahead and gave a link to it here. I knew I'd seen it. But here is, you know, here he is. And you know, folks, 
I mean, Harold obviously does not met these people. You heard his name. Oh, I used to Billy. Now Billy's my friend. Well, I don't know about that. But the thing about it is, is that what happens is that Gillette, Gillette and Billy Roper used to be buddies, and then he wanted to make sure that Gillette didn't become well, Butler's successor, but that, yeah. you know, you know, federal informant, Rick Spring, who's taking, uh, you know, who's taking applications off of Butler's desk and so to the SPLC and that nigger, Daryl Lamont Jenkins. Well, maybe Billy Ruppel was in on it too here. You know, so anyway, here he is. He's playing this shit. Then later he supports Alex Linder, who comes brings in Fraser Von Miller. And both Chris and I, Danny and Order people were saying, hey, look, you got to dump Linder because he's buddy buddies with uh, Trader Glenn Miller. Yeah. And Billy Roper didn't want to do that. Same way with Rick Spring. I went ahead and wrote, you know, an art, you know, sitting with Will Lair, so she said, Butler, Butler was not head of Chris and Daddy. He was head of his own little fashion area nations. And pretty well what he did is he made sure that he got marginalized to where Essentially, Wesley Swift. You know, I, I didn't know at the time, but hey, Butler was not contrary to what you know Giant Tonto Britton said. Butler was not yeah. Wesley Swift's successor. He tried to make himself Wesley Swift's successor, and that didn't go over very well. You know what I mean? Did not go yeah. over very well at all. So he went ahead and sold out. In you know, you know uh, he went ahead and sold out his interest in the patent for tubeless aircraft tires, which was needed because hey, guess what? Back. You know, essentially having a tube, essentially in a subsonic planes uh, tire here is not going to work out very well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Essentially yeah. have just some more you know, parts here which may not match up here upon takeoff here. So, hey, you did yeah. have that tube, you know, aircraft tires. I mean, in many cases, uh, you know, you don't, you, I don't know. I, I, I haven't driven a, I haven't driven a car with a tube for probably around 40 years now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember, you know what I mean, back in the day, back in the day, but essentially, you know, all the tires are tubeless now, now aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, uh, what happens is that uh, Butler he took about the I heard he had half name. He bought some cheap land up in northern Ohio, you know, Idaho, and now it's not cheap anymore. Hasn't been for a while, and he set up there. And then once who had even less money went, you know, like the Britons, they. They went ahead and moved to south, you know, southwest you know, Idaho. You know what I mean? Well, John Britton so, told me his grandfather used to have thousands of acres, uh, and they had a lot of land, and when they sold it, they divided it up, up among all the kids. John Britton was born into a lot of money. I mean, he went to the Army when he was 17. He never – he. I mean, Newman lived a pretty rough life, but, but John Britton lived a pretty privileged life. I mean, he, he had oh, – Oh, I, I doubt it. I've seen how John Britton ran through money. You know, ran through money worse than damn Pine Ridge Indian. You know what I mean? I mean, John Britton claims that he was nobility and all sorts of stupid shit. You know what I mean? Related to Shaw, man. I mean, his grandfather, his grandfather was actually a Pentecostal linthead, you know, preacher from northeast Oklahoma. And I keep here in Ottawa County. We're not rich. I'm at a newspaper article 
said that they were poor. They were as poor as could be. Yeah. Now, they really weren't. They were Okies, but they weren't from the Desmond place. They were from eastern, northeastern Oklahoma, where you didn't really have the Dust Bowl. It was on the fringes of it, if anything. And, hey, they were just a bunch of Okies who went to California and found the promised land, you know what I mean, like grapes of wrath. So if John Britton tells you he was born rich here, that's, you know, totally different than what he told me. I mean, there's a time, you know, I remember in 2010, well, he told me some stuff different than you, evidently, but I'm going to tell you this. I never had a problem with Newman. I talked to them two or three times. We were, we were great buddy. We were great friends. Newman had a lot of class. John Britton has, he don't even have 1% of the man that Newman was, in my opinion. I mean, I just, John, I mean, Newman, uh, he liked everybody. Uh, everybody liked him in white nationalism. And John Britton's always talking about beating, you know, Buck McHugh's ass, beating my ass, beating your ass, beating Russ Walker's ass. I mean, you know, I, I just, I mean, the guy, you, you're his friend one minute, the next minute, you know, he blows up on you. Oh, hell, he's just like an Indian on alcohol. I mean, shoot, he's just, you know, he's not very loyal. He's just simply, you know, he's just for giant Tonto. That, you know, that's all. You know what I mean? And what happened? Hey, he told me he didn't even, even though him and Buck McHugh would talk, Buck McHugh used to have a Bible study with a guy in Texas named Mike, somebody, and a guy in Tennessee. Uh, and the guy in Tennessee I'd heard of, but I'd never met him. He was, he man, he was, he didn't, he was, he was inaccurate on a lot, a lot of scripture, even though he claimed to be identity. But John Britton, he made fun of Buck, and he wouldn't even have a Bible study with him. He used to have a Bible study with me and, and Gary Blackwell. And he told me and Gary that he didn't have anybody else to to study the Bible with but us, and he really appreciated it. And then, like I said, uh, I called him out on. I mean, I, I repeated something that he. Uh, I, I, I said something that made him mad. And I, what I said was, I wasn't trying to insult him. I was just saying that something. He, I was repeating some words that he had said, and he didn't want to admit it. And so then he wanted to beat my ass and didn't want to be friends anymore. But the the, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I could care less. But for somebody to do that and to blow up on somebody for no good reason and to always just, you know, want to beat everybody's ass and, and, and be like that, I mean, there's no way to be a friend uh, that you claim to be a racial brother with, you know? Oh, he got mad. He said, I hate, I, well, I, I told him, I said, hey, you know, I came from the line of Swedes and got off the boat. Yeah. Especially Swedes, the dollar, worse than the damn Scots and probably worse than the Jews did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hate them kind of people. Well, no, no, I mean, they came over. They came over from southwest Sweden, in the Helsingborg or Scania province. You know, they were actually West Geeks and they came over. And they they did the same thing. They raised they you know they were farmers and they raised animals, and they you know they saved silver, you know, and guns on occasion here, but mainly silver. And that's what they did here. They were just simply people who lived very close to the land, and essentially pretty well you know were. I mean, the saying in Hughes County is that the grass grows the tallest in the ditch. 
where they have the you know, essentially the snow, you know, melt and whatever stayed in the ditch here, and the Linstead pasture here. I mean, we were very, very, very good farmers here, very good ranchers. And you know, no, I mean, he got you know, he got a whole noise here. And you know, what, what what got me is that he was he told far more about his true history to this uh, to this uh, all this Indian. You know, Mohawk Wigger Snakes there. His father was a Mohawk Indian. I was like, well, hey. And then, you know, used to be the prime minister of Stumbleham. And he, he went ahead and told about the three sons and the six daughters. I said, no, you mean five daughters. No, six daughters. I said, you got five daughters by one wife here. I said, yeah. Here's another daughter by another wife. And, uh, you know, two kids by one girlfriend and another in New Hampshire, New England, that he went ahead and impregnated when he was working for BAE, you know what I mean, or BAI or whatever here, this uh, yeah. British black box thing. So essentially, John Britton told, you know, his fellow Indian, you know, far more than he told me the truth here, you know what I mean? And so then... Well, I don't know any this shit about said, John Britton being an Indian because Newman... I don't think Newman was in them, but the thing maybe is, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't. Yeah. He, you know, maybe he was. You know, maybe he wasn't here. But you know, I mean, John Britton sure as hell wasn't royalty. You know what I mean? You know, he's like definitely he's not loyal. loyal. He's definitely not. He's definitely not loyal. And the thing is, um, if you're always wanting to beat everybody's ass, uh, I mean, it seemed like he hated the white nationalists and identity people more than he hated the Jews, more than he hated Satan. I mean, the guy's got some real issues, man. Like, something's wrong. Oh, yeah, there's something wrong with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here he is. Well, I remember when Butler, he had that, he had this Polak whore named Wendy Ivanko. Who okay. called herself Bianca Trump, and she was tattooed like old brother on Aaron. And so she was seen she was seen doing porn films where she's sucking nigger cock and anyway she decided she's gonna go, go ahead and be with Are you talking about, hold on, are you talking about an excess skanky? No. Okay, this so, is uh, so who was who was this Wendy Wendy Ivano slash Bianca Trump. You know what I mean? Oh. Bianca Trump. And uh we'll go ahead and you know go ahead and Google Pastor Richard Butler slash Bianca Trump. And what happened? I said, oh, well, we, she we, not, we, we, she's, not related, she's not related to Donald Trump, is she? No, no, she just took that name because she's a, you know, she's a porn star here. Yeah. Bianca yeah. Trump, her real name. She and was she was, hold on, hold on, was she friends with uh, uh, West, uh, uh, Richard Butler, you said? She just tried, she was hanging around, and, you know, she was starting to lose her looks here, so she decided to get into Chris Reddetti. So then they how found out. Porn, how come all these porn stars like her and Exus Skanky want to be white nationalists? I don't understand that. I mean, they're, if you're a porn star and you're fucking niggers and Jews and you're you're bisexual, you're fucking women, you're fucking donkeys, you're fucking everything, why would you have any interest in saving the white race when you're probably a, a mamzer or it, at very best you're, you're a white trash race mixing whore? Why would you have any interest <laughs> And supposedly saving, I mean, that's kind of like uh, uh, Russ Walker's gay brother pretending to be conservative uh, when he's screwing, 
nigger man and Jew man and everything else. I mean, that's what I told Russ. I said, Russ, he's he's a flaming liberal, homosexual, and you're pretending like you're sending him all this conservative stuff, saying that he tried. Russ was telling me that him and his brother think almost exactly the same way on political issues. I said, Russ, how can you say you think like him when he's nothing but a, a liberal homosexual? I mean, that's that's stupid. <laughs> Well, but that's Russ Walker for you. Well, yeah. I mean, really, point comes down to it. I mean, Russ, Russ pretty well wore out with the Mormons, and essentially they're used to kicking him out. You know, whereas here, by talking about Silly Roper here, you can be going ass to mouth with, uh, well, known skanks like April J.D. or, uh, you know, believe in evolution. Tell everybody that Butler said you could eat bacon. You know, I mean, you know, come on. I mean, you, you know, look, Billy Roper don't know anything about, you know, uh, dual seed by Chris Idea. He says, well, I learned it from our, you know, old lady. So essentially the last one he's married has two kids, probably by two different men. And uh, that's what Billy Roper does. He goes ahead and hangs up with these, you know, male uh, hillbilly women who have who already have, you know, single moms, you know, essentially claim to be Christian identity. But, you know, shit, his wife didn't know a damn thing about it. But anyway, he, he hung around Rick Spring, those big buddies. And then Rick Spring, you know, three years after everybody figured out he was a Zogbot, I told everybody he was a Zogbot. And surprise, 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 Sergeant Carter. So in any case, uh, but I remember... Well, that sort of thought that uh, Billy Roper would support him. And yeah. so Billy Roper went ahead, you know, and, you know, have a Klansman. I remember it was in February of 2005. And Billy Roper went ahead and talked to all his little Klan buddies in Arkansas and, you know, parts of Mississippi, Louisiana, essentially, and said is that Morris Gillette, would not be welcome to talk to a clan meeting in you know in Arkansas. And old Gallette was just wanting to beat his ass. And he was another character like old Johnny Totten Britain. The problem of it is yeah. Gallette Gallette is just simply sawed off front and usually usually when he talks about kicking people's ass, you know, it, it's him who gets his ass kicked is mainly what happens to him. So in case oh, oh he was John Britton was, told, John Britton told me he met Ray Redfern somewhere before he died, I'm, I don't know. He met him. I don't know if he met him up in Ohio or down in Louisiana. He met Ray Redfern, and the first word, or, or what, uh, right after he met him, Ray Redfern threatened to kick John Britton's ass, and John restrained himself. He didn't. He didn't. You know, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't retaliate. He didn't say, "Come try it." He didn't. He didn't try to engage him, he just backed down. But but John Britton told me that he could have easily kicked Ray Redfern's ass because he oh. just got out of the Army. So if he had just got out of the Army, that was a long time ago. No, he he got, you know, he got, you know, I mean, he got he got the number of jobs working for the forces, you know, service here, and they paid pretty well. But you know, no, I'm he talking about him, when he met Ray Redfern and Ray Redfern kicked his ass. That's what I'm talking about. What he said to me is he says I make I make a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year within six months. And my yeah. wife in the Mormon church 
and my relatives take it all from me here. You know what I mean? And the government take it all from me. Yep. Say okay. So that means that, okay, that means that basically nobody else in his family works, and he's having to support all of them. I mean, that to me, uh, something don't sound right there. I mean, look, if 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 two or three of his daughters are married off, why don't they? Why don't they? Why, uh, how come their husbands don't support them then? I don't understand that. Where, where I mean, evidently, there's a lot of screwed up people in Idaho, according to John Britton. And he's having to take care of all these people. I, I mean, that's what he kind of told me something of that nature too. Well, he he, he goes ahead. They left his old lady. He knows she's going to waste the money. In 2010, here she is. She goes ahead and buys her sister a new pickup truck and doesn't leave anything for the family. And she smokes, you know, she smokes two, three packs a day. Essentially, his wife goes ahead and is buying her sister a pickup truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he came, you know, I, I mean, essentially, they, you know, he was he was with some pigs here. They were Oregon pigs here. And essentially, he, he went ahead and worked real hard, 14 hours a day for four, four and a half months. Got done. Got done a month and a half early. They didn't pay him anything extra. Then we go ahead and find out that they're not paying him, you know, the minimum of three fifty, three hundred fifty dollars for every day. They're just going ahead, and the one day he doesn't work on Sundays, they're not paying him. And they're okay. not paying him for an hour. They're not. They're, they're not paying him like they said they would. And so that's the way I went ahead and figured out was that they cost, you know, essentially they they stiffed him for, you know, they stiffed him for about oh eighteen to twenty thousand dollars. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. Hey, hey, hey! I'll tell you what. I, I, I mentioned this to John just because I knew that Alaska, everybody flies up there. They got to have airplanes, and mm-hmm. I mentioned that if he would sell his expensive house in Idaho and get out of debt, him and his family would move to Alaska. He could make a shitload of money, get out of debt, and have everything paid for, and live a lot more comfortably. And he admitted he could. He admitted he could make more money in Alaska, and it's cheaper. Or, or, or in the long run, he could. He could have a better living, but he said it, uh, his wife didn't want to leave the Mormon church in Idaho, and, and, and they didn't want to leave the creature comforts of, you know, a big city and all that. So, I mean, look, man, here's the thing. I don't, hey, people have choices. I mean, my own family, all these people in identity, they all want to live above their means. They all want to uh, go into debt. You can't blame everything on the Jews. At some point, you have to start keeping Yahweh's laws. You have to get out of debt. You have to be responsible for your own actions. And that's all I hear. All I hear from all these white nationalists, all these wiggers, is they want to complain about everything. And yet, they they are the source of a lot of their own problems because they don't want to break away from Babylon, and they don't want to live self-sufficient like out in the rural area. And, you know, they want their cable TV. They want to live all the conveniences of living near a modern city. And, you know, they want to max out their credit cards and get in debt. I don't really feel sorry for these wiggers, Martin. I don't feel sorry for them at all. Because the entire time I knew him, I went ahead. It's not just just about John Britton. I mean, look, 
how many wiggers do you and I know? How many white nationalists, how many identity people do you and I know that don't work or Zogbots are, are on welfare or they're sucking off the system or if they do work, they don't live within their means and, they, and they're dead up their ass? I mean, look, uh, Yahweh told you not to go in debt. Yahweh told you to pay cash for everything. Yahweh told you to live self-sufficiently. And if you're not going to do that, you don't have nobody else to blame but yourself. I mean, yes, yeah, Satan is the guy of this world, and him and his kids run the place, but they can only go so far. I mean, they didn't make you, uh, they didn't make you screw your life up like you have. Especially if you're identity, you ought to know better, Martin. Hold on. There's a tard here. Uh, hell, Satan doesn't get you anywhere around here. Certainly not during this show. Yes, three. In case, uh, no, uh, you have, uh, you, you just have these people, they don't know how to, to live, and, you know, he, he was, he was, he was bad about here. I mean, every six, every since I knew him here, he was bragging about how his wife went ahead and wasted his money. And well, so, that's not my problem or your problem then. If he's going to be the leader of his household, that's his problem. He needs to, him and his wife need to come in agreement. All right, that's not my problem. Right? Well, sometimes he talks about divorcing his wife here because she'll spend so much of his money. And you I know. said, well, what you, what you need to do is you need to control your, you know, since you know she has a problem with this and she won't, you know, she won't. You won't stop. You you are the one that needs to take control of family checkbook and simply go ahead and go ahead and uh, you know essentially just give her a household you know you know just keep her you know she they they ditched about how they had three hundred dollar a month electric bills you know what I mean this was in Idaho where they had the Snake River hydroelectric you know, plants all over the freaking place you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, you know, no. I mean, you know, you know, you know and, oh, what happens is it, shoot, he'd just do this, he'd just do that here. And, uh, well, but mainly it was his wife here. And, uh, oh, heck, uh, you, know, I, you know, I told him here, uh, you know, I helped him with, I helped him with legal work. He got, he got home. I said, look, they're going to just go ahead and leave you in, you know, I, you know, in Alaska. You're supposed to go ahead. You're not supposed to go ahead and, you know, anybody, they have a law where in Alaska, you send somebody from out of state to work up in Alaska, you have to pay for the ride home because during the, you know, during the pipeline years, they'd have all these people coming in. And then they'd be, you know, they'd be, you know, they'd be lost. Essentially then, you know, essentially Alaska would have to keep them from freezing or starving to death or whatever. So they passed the laws that nobody can, Nobody can hire, you know, nobody can hire anybody for less than six months' service without having a plane ticket home to wherever the hell they came from. You know what I mean? And this, this uh, Oregon, you know, you know, unit, you know, went ahead and screwed him. He had to go ahead and, okay, I only have two hundred fifty dollars left. So I'm going to ticket cost two hundred dollars. I said, go get the damn ticket because you're asking for the fly charts. That's for all the charts to go home. What they end up doing is they ended up hiring 
some student pilot to simply fly, fly the plane from there down here. You know what I mean? So yeah. they didn't want to pay. They didn't want to pay a ticket for him to go up there. So essentially, he went ahead. And, you know, they gave him money for a bus ticket to pick it up in Oregon. I've been flying up there, and they gave him. You know, they bought the money to charge the charges for licenses to cross the, uh, you know, Canadian, you know, you know, uh, state and whatever border. You have to go ahead and get licenses after nine eleven. Essentially, what they happened, they didn't have to fly up there. What they ended up doing is they ended up having a student, you know, a student pilot pay them three hundred dollars to fly it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So essentially, they, you know, so said, hey. Uh, so anyway, that's what we had to fight about here. They they left him abandoned up there. And so he has fifteen dollars in his pocket here when he gets home in August or September. And his Mormon lawyer has died, and essentially, what are we going to do? And I says, well, go ahead and uh, go ahead and get, uh, go ahead and get, uh, oh, go ahead and get you know, unemployment benefits here. So he tried to go ahead, and uh, for some reason here, uh, got Washington State benefits here, and I, you know, they went ahead and denied them for these Oregon pigs here. So I went ahead and drafted him up a motion to essentially you know, go ahead in front of an administrative hearing commission with an administrative judge to go ahead and hear about how they had abandoned him without any charts, without any license to get back, without plane ticket home even, and they they go ahead and ripped him off with money. Essentially, and you know, essentially they they paid him about I think they paid him you know. Five, six thousand. You know, they paid him eight thousand dollars, but they took out three thousand dollars for federal withholding here. So we got about five thousand here. So essentially, he has a little bit to live on. And so then a couple more months pass here, and you know, shit. I said, what happened to the what happened to the eighty thousand dollars you already got here? The eighty year, you know, you got shit about oh. twenty thousand or so here. You got eighty five, maybe a hundred thousand dollars for. Four months work. What the hell happened to it? Oh, Lorinda went ahead and turned out Lorinda went ahead and paid for her sister Tammy to buy a new Chevrolet or Toyota pickup truck. Here's what it turned out to have, you know, two, three packs. Essentially, her sister, you know, his wife was paying for her sister's living expenses and for her truck. You know what I mean? I says, well, what the hell? Why? You know? But on the other hand, why did she just simply just allot the money for, you know, you know, she she has an allowance essentially, you know, household expenses here, and don't let your wife touch the rest of the money. Why can't you go ahead and do that? Well, he wasn't doing. It. I remember, there was 2006 here. They had a sale on Hewlett Packard 1020 printers, and I still got mine. And what happens is that John Britton didn't have anything, so I said, well, I may need you to print out stuff here on the Internet and, you know, keep me informed of the nuthouse. So I had Roxy send him $100 so they could buy, so she, he could buy this uh, 1020 printer, which was going out of, uh, which was going out of, uh, which was going out of stock here. The reason they were selling them so cheap was that, hey, uh, they're going out of stock. So in any case, uh, what what happens is I bought John Britton a you know, printer a couple of times. He was sort of wondering, you know, if I, you know, he was sort of trying to hit me up for a loan here. 
see, shit, I'm locked up in that house, and you make what a hundred thousand or more dollars for every six months, and you can't, you can't keep things running here. But anyway, I pretty well, I got him, I got him seven hundred and fifty dollars, you know, every two weeks or every month. I mean, Washington State paid about the best, you know, unemployment benefits here for six months here for twenty six weeks. And then he went ahead and tried to get in, you know, in Oregon, and essentially they played the same game. And this time they had a little homosexual administrative judge, which was in their pocket. And this, uh, the Washington in Washington, she's a nonsense Italian woman. You know what I mean? She, you know, okay, well, we don't know. We want to go ahead and do that. So the woman said, hey, fine by me. If you, you know, essentially he's appealed it here. He's done it. You know, he's done it according to law. And I did record. I did record the thing here. But hey. You know, that now that Italian woman, you know, judge here would not allow them to get away with any shit. So she went ahead and ruled and said, No, you shouldn't have left him up in Alaska and you should go ahead and pay him his unemployment benefits. So he got unemployment benefits for six months here. You know, well for six months, thanks to me. He would he didn't know he didn't know what the fuck to do. Me, I just went ahead and downloaded the well essentially the laws on that and I went ahead and drafted a few motions here. Well anyway, and then it's time for, yeah, it's time for, uh, you know, Oregon. Essentially, you have a faggot judge. Essentially, and oh, I, you know, I got him overruled. You know, faggot judge was, you know, big buddies with the pig, or, you know, with these Oregon pigs here. Essentially, trying to screw him over. Well, we, I, I went ahead and knew how to file an appeal. Had him file an appeal, and essentially had a second hearing, and then we had an appeal on that here, and then they went ahead and sent it back and. By this time, by this time, he went ahead and got a job, you know, over, you know, in uh, flying in the Gulf. And what happens in the Gulf here? You know, he got all mad when I told him his first week there. Here, I says, "Well, what do you have here? What do you have?" Here's my same time. He's flying oil rigging. You know, you know, essentially, he flies for a month, then gets off for a month or two weeks, and then gets off for a week, something like that. Here. You have some other people, essentially, you know, here's this, here's this other asshole. He's a bigger asshole than John Britton. He goes ahead and tears up this computer that John Britton had asked. I said, shit, that's a hell of a deal. You know, all you have, all you have to show for your entire, for your entire 2010 season here, all you have to show for it is that Acer computer you bought for $500 at the Anchorage, you know, Walmart. How do I hear that? How do I hear that? So anyway, he goes ahead, you know, old Brian Real decides to insert himself into John Britton's case here. And John Britton, you know, essentially John Britton and uh, John Britton and Buck McHugh, you know, cut a deal with Brian Real. And Brian Real didn't, you know, and Eli James, you know, Eli James. I don't understand that because Buck McHugh and John Britton both told me they hated Brian Rio's guts, and if they ever saw him, they were both going to kick his ass, and now they're all buddies with him. Well, they were buddies because I guess they were scared of him or something like that. They cut a deal. I said, why did you cut a deal about telling me? Well, it's not your business and be I knew you object. I said, sure, fucker would object. I mean, hey, here he is. He's insinuated himself into your case. So essentially, what he does is that he doesn't, you know, they, you know Buck McHugh gets his I buddies. mean, look, Buck McHugh's already lost his. 
He's already lost a stockbroker and real estate. Yeah, yeah, license. that's what I found out. That's what I found if out. If he's already lost his license, why make a deal with the devil if you've already lost? You're not going to get it back. Like, so oh, why even bother? I don't understand that. That's what you remember. You remember the the I think it was two thousand was it two thousand fifteen or two thousand fourteen when these uh, Chechens I think it was two thousand and maybe it was two thousand thirteen. What what they did is they cut a deal. You know, you know, essentially. Uh, okay, 2013, April 2013. I'll go ahead and find out. You know, McMahon says, "We well, didn't promise you so much." You know, well, what happens at the end of May? Brian Real is going ahead and trying to get me kicked off of uh, Crisis Host. Well, I'm, I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to go ahead and sue him. So I ask, uh, I ask Athena, I ask, uh, you know, Buck McEwen, I ask uh, John Britton for. Uh, you know, for essentially affidavits here that Brian Real had been stalking them and taking down my web pages, and you know it here. And essentially, they, all three of them just pussied out on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd been there. I'd been there when John Britton's uh, mother. I'd been there when John Britton's mother had died. Finally, here uh, she yeah. was what thirty ninety something like that here. And John Britton, you know, here's Pilk. He goes ahead and kills mom, and John Britton is not there for me. In August, early August of 2013, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm pretty well, I'm pretty well recovering from essentially going up to South Dakota with Piglet and listening to his bullshit and burying mom. And you go ahead, just a week after the Chechens, uh, this is the time that this uh, fertilizer plant in Texas called in West, comma, Texas, not West Texas, but the city of West in Texas. Blew up. I think you remember when that fertilizer plant blew up. And uh, hey, uh, you know it's pretty well that night or night after here. And here is Buck McHugh. He goes ahead and gets on Skype, and I don't have a good uh, microphone here. And essentially, you know, he says, "Well, you promised you'll make pussy. You promised you'll do my real." And I says, "Hey, you know, I, I said, hey, look." Why the hell did you give me his name? You know, didn't give me his name, wouldn't give me where he actually lived, but gave me all stuff about his little Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, you know, mixed martial arts. And, and he went to John Carroll University, and he was a big insurance thief and all that. You know, and Why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and tell me everything here when you knew what his real name was? You know, and you made me go ahead and wait about, what, six months before I finally figured out to look on Del Fink's uh, Facebook friends page here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whoa, you're a pussy. You said you sued my real. You didn't. I said, I said you, know, you, you just told me. You just told me how much you hate him because he cost you your stockbroker's license and $2.5 million. All he cost me was about a dozen, you know, church websites here, you know, uh, yeah. you know, which I'd paid an average of, Oh, two ninety nine and three ninety nine web hosting, which were owned by companies owned by Jews here. So, you know, I mean, I I now pay seven dollars or you know seven or I I pay seven dollars a month for web hosting. You know what I mean? But in any case, and I don't I you know uh, you know don't use the free web hosting. I mean, I pay I pay seven dollars a month for web hosting now. And, uh, oh, you, you, you're the pussy. I said, no, you're the pussy. He went ahead and screwed you a whole lot more. And you're, you're, you're relying on me to be your cat's paw, do your dirty work. Jumper said, I'll get in touch with Martin. No, he did, he did not. He did not. Not all through 
you know, the rest of 2013. But him and Russ Walker and R.D. Bradshaw were just firing and talking shit about me. You know what I mean? And then, well, look, you know, well, look at R.D. Bradshaw. 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 He says everybody's a mongrel. There are no pure whites left. And he admits that he can go to Israel or, or Iran or Iraq or the Middle East, and he can pass himself off as a, a, a shit-skinned Muslim. Obviously, the guy don't even look white himself. So what kind of person, he don't even really claim, he claims to, he don't really believe all the Bible, even though he puts a bunch of shit. Uh, you know, he has some kind of website, endofage.org, or some kind of bullshit, where he quotes some some scripture and he, he's inaccurate on a lot of the scripture, but the thing is, first off, he don't really, he, he was born and raised in, I guess he was from Idaho, retired military, his wife's dead. He don't even want to stay in the United States. So he takes all his money uh, and he travels abroad, concentrates mainly in the Middle East where all the Jews and mongrel, the, the, the mongrel Muslims are. He can pass himself off as a Muslim. He doesn't really come out and say he's two seed line identity, even though he listens to two seed line and white nationalist radio shows. He doesn't believe that anybody on this earth is pure white. And so why bother? If he admits he's a mongrel and he's trying to say, well, because he's a mongrel, everybody else must be a mongrel. And why even bother, Martin? I mean, why, why would anybody that claims to be identity or, or white nationalist, let alone identity, associate with this guy if he says there are no pure white people left. Why bother? Why does, why does Brownlee, old nigger lips himself, the man's a mentor, just skin, you know, homosexual, mongrel faggot, why is he hanging around a nigger-nosed Jew like Fink who, you know, I mean, why, why are any of these characters... Why are any of these critters hanging out? If Billy Roper believes in evolution, and he believes that you know Butler gave him permission to eat pork, why do you claim to be Christian identity? Yeah, don't even yeah. don't even pretend to be something you're not. Just admit you're a Zogbot, you're a Jew, you're a Mamzer. Admit you're you you don't. All these one seed liners, they don't believe there's a devil. They think Yahweh They're not pretends to be the devil, and that Yahweh's not got a dark side. That personality. If you're going to blaspheme Yahweh like that, then why even bother pretending like out of one uh, out of one side of your mouth you say you love Yahweh, and then you turn right around and call him evil and a liar? Why even bother, Martin? Why? Why are these mongrels? Why are these homosexuals? Why are these, you know, why are these, you know, fucked up critters around? And the answer of the answer is is that. They're they're evil. They're mongrels. They they all they're Jews. They're Mamzers or whatever. And the reason yeah. is they want they want to get in. And that's what not you know, only, that's what not, no, look like R.D. Bradshaw. He himself is not true white or true identity. He's not even a true white nationalist. He's not even a true patriot because he didn't stay in the United States. He left. He left the United States. So here's my thing. The only reason they want to hang out and infiltrate. All these organizations and all these radio shows and these groups and these forums, they want to ruin. They want to ruin it for the true Israelites, the true white men that are trying to do something for Yahweh and the white race. They want to infiltrate them and destroy them. I mean, they're working for Satan. They're exactly. Evil. I mean, it's all like I went ahead and read. I went ahead and read today. What old Deborah? 
you know, a.k.a. Clint Downey, had to say about Meerkat Mark. Yeah. And she was whining about her ex-husband here. But, I mean, yeah. if you don't tell the whole truth, you didn't tell that she was a sexual mascot. What happens is that according to Yahweh's law, well, hey, Meerkat Mark's an adulterer, and old, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Deborah Downey is an adulterer. But, hey, don't really matter. I mean, he doesn't well, believe all right, the thing is, if she'd have cheated on her husband and he didn't know about it, then she and all her lovers should have been put to death. But if her husband at the time, if her husband at the time actually pissed her out like a whore, they're all ought to be put to death. None of, they're all in violation of y'all. If they're even pure white, if they're if they're Jews or Mamsers, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, oh, you don't expect you don't expect a Jew or a Mamser or a Negro or Asian to keep Yahweh's laws or behave like a white man. So why 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 pretend like they should? That way that's what gets me. All these stupid wiggers. They tell me they wish the niggers would act like white white people. Well no, the niggers weren't created to act like a white man. Uh, how come the white people don't act like Yahweh? How come they aren't holy like their father in heaven is holy? See, that's the problem, Martin. They want to pass the buck on the nigger and the Jew and the mamzer, and that's only a symptom of the problem. They're being cursed because of a violation of Yahweh's laws because they're a bunch of wiggers because they love Satan and his kids, and they fear Satan and his kids, and they obey them, but they don't fear Yahweh, and they don't respect Yahweh. They don't love Yahweh, and they don't want to separate themselves from the evil Babylonian system and be a pure white remnant and and keep Yahweh's laws. So this is a problem, and mainstream identity never addressed this issue. They never taught the laws of Yahweh. They never taught true repentance, and they never taught really to separate. I mean, I've tried to start an all-white community many times, and I found 200-acre land, the best farmland in East Tennessee, or all of Tennessee for that matter, and they found every excuse in the world not to go ahead and be part of a community. We could have, uh, 10 or 20 families could all own 50 or 60 acres each, and we would have had neighbors. But no, they won't do it. They want to stay in their, uh, in their big, their big su- uh, suburb close to the big city and have all the modern conveniences, and then they want to bitch about all their nigger neighbors, all their mongrel neighbors, all their Jew neighbors. I, I don't feel sorry for them, Martin. I don't feel sorry for any of these wiggers. Well, I mean, that that place you had for $12,000, you know, with about, I don't know how many acres it had. but It, it had four and a half acres, but it was, an, it, was, it was one of the best areas of East Tennessee, four and a half acres. I talked him down to 11000 or 12000 I was going to pay cash. The guy was even going to let me develop it using his construction crew at his prices. I was going to put two or three trailers on it, rent it out to Thelma, rent it out to Angie and some other people, and they all said they wanted to do it. They all backed out because they all they all want to be have their sex parties and do drugs and alcohol. And they don't even want to keep the feast days anymore. None of them. Well, you know what? That was a blessing because when I found out Rebecca and, and Russ Walker were all going to be part of that community keeping feast days, and I found out they're both part Negro, I, hey, hey, Yahweh helped me out. It's like it's for best here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, with Russ, with Russ, though, I mean, he goes through these things. 
and he's looking for a he's looking for an excuse to make him set himself above everybody else. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's what he did. I mean, he was flying like a pussy. Like, oh, how traumatized they they cut a lamb's throat. I said, why'd they have a lamb? Well, it's Passover. I said, okay, well, I thought Christ was a Passover lamb, and you didn't have to do that anymore. Well, why didn't you just you know, if you want to have lamb, you know, overpriced lamb, you could. But why wine to pay a couple hundred dollars to have a lamb, then cut his throat, and then another tars know how to butcher it right, and then it's tough, you know, and raw and whatever. And I mean, that's sort of uh, you know, that's sort of stupid here. Maybe you should have had the Easter turkey. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, or or especially the Easter chicken, or you know, you make them, you know, make them had lamb. Although shit, that's about seven bucks an ounce. You know, seven bucks. A pound here, at least here. You could have, you could have had, you could have had the uh, Easter bullock, aka uh, essentially uh, steak for four dollars a pound. You know what I mean? And carved it up and had had roast beef here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I mean, none of these people, you know, none of these people are being damn sassy. None of these people are being damn sassy here. So anyway. Here is, you know, here is Hell Covington. He, he went ahead, and I think he knew that Axis Sally, a.k.a. Corita Burt, was, yeah. was a yeah. porn star, and she was hanging around these NSM tards here, which are all wrong bots anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? And here she is. You know, here she is. She's been run out of Calspill by Carl Garst, who, uh, oh, Carl can be pretty intense here, but, uh, hey. You know, she whined about Carl Garson. Yeah. Well, hell, it's better than to fight with Carl Garson about this shit. You know, I you think know, Carl Garson yeah. couldn't be bothered. So in any case, uh, no, don't pay attention to him. You know, I mean, you know, hey, whatever. And so he's trying to go ahead and make Axis Skanky his secretary. And, you know, so he has some women in the bowel movement other than Gretchen Librarian yeah. who's never going to leave New England. You know what I mean? Yeah. So essentially, that's you know, you see, you hear people that used to be there who essentially have disappeared. You know what I mean? But anyway, here he is. He's doing this thing with Zogbot Billy here, and they got you know, they, it's on bitch tits, you know, bitch tits. Uh, I'm sorry, bitch Boobros's, uh talk shoot channel is called Clubhouse, and pretty well it's when old bitch, you know, when essentially bitch Boobros, he wanted to be, and. Old bitch, you know, old bitch was such a retard here that one night I called him up. He's talking outside. He ends up talking to a nigger who get you know, in Tacoma, and the nigger gives his street address out on the freaking air. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, it was so freaking stupid. The old uh, bitch Bubros, uh, you know, had his, you know, had his, uh, you know, house number and street in Tacoma. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So how did, how's Billy Roper and old bitch, you know, old bitch Boobros here? Well, that's what he got from Uncle Tom. Are they both, Zog, both Zogbots? I don't know about Miss Boobros. I think he's just a tard. But old Uncle Tom Zogpig Bowie from Tidewater, Maryland here is definitely a Zogbot. He's a, you know, he, suppose he's a nuthouse pig, ex-nuthouse pig. Before that, he was a master sergeant or E-8 uh, a gunner, senior gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps, and I said, "Shit, you know, if you're if you're in the Marine Corps, you're not no you're not no rebel. 
That's you know against Thong. That's that's for sure. If you get now, yeah. So, oh, Uncle Tom's out big boy. He ended up becoming the vice president after. Uh... Anyway, you have all these cards here. You have all these cards who has never gotten anything done in the bowel movement. So here he is. Here he is. He's on Mitch Bubros' show, and you have Zogbot Billy Roper. You know, here he is. Here he is, and you have old uh, Michael Hill, who has a murderous Jew pig. Who sinked out, you know, the other, you know, rock pig who uh, helped to murder the Puerto Rican and then ruined the Puerto Rican's, uh, you know, Puerto Rican's uh, appeal deliberately after snitching him out. And you have the same old bunch of tards, and they're talking about how they're going to, you know, get things done. You know, how they're going to, they're each, you know, oh, we need to be to the Northwest. And no, oh, Billy Roper, he wants, you know, he wants the New White Republic to be. Uh, and you know the Ozarks here. You know, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe old Uncle Tom's dog pig bullet can be his nut house pig there too. I don't know, but you know, here it is. Here it is. And old old Miss Bubros, I mean, you know, Axis Tank was not only a porn star, it was not only a porn whore. You know, who was essentially the main the main the one I seen was where she was giving this other winger angle and steve's of a rather painful hand job. So like I said before, on the eight day of Zogmas, I just think you gave to me eight hand jobs, blah, 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 blah. You know, anyway, so in any case, uh <laughs> she did point. She did point. And uh she did it when she was twenty four or something like that here. So she was I mean essentially she's you know, but her daddy her daddy is in Alaska and essentially is is a is a Northwest Indian, you know what I mean, who lives in Alaska. But, you know, same way with Bitch Bubros. Here here he is, here he is. He, uh, he uh, you know, every year he tells us for 45 years, ever since I've been 18, I go up. Once a year, I go once a year here, and I have this job for the past 45 years. Okay. Which white man do you know who has a job anywhere? for 45 years and works there for about, what, four weeks here. What white man do you know has a job where he works where he works four weeks at the same time, at the same time every year for the past 45 years? What white man do you know who has a guy? None, 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 none. That's why all these white, yeah. all these white nationalists and identity yeah. people that, that don't want, they somehow have all this money, like Jim Wickstrom was always driving Cadillacs and everything, and he hadn't had a job since 78, and he's living comfortably. I mean, not only is he a Zogbot, but he's trying to milk all these, all these, all his followers, he's trying to milk as much money as he can from them. But on well, top of that, he was, uh, I believe Wickstrom was a paid informant. I believe a lot of these, oh, I mean, look, look, look uh, Bitzer, uh, Jeremy Bitzer hasn't worked since they closed the Caterpillar plant down. He's got five or six mongrel Melungeon kids. And I mean, his mother-in-law, the Catholic mother-in-law, don't she ain't that wealthy. So where's he getting all his money? I mean, it, it, I mean, come on. He's he's living off the food of the dog here. But in any case, in the case of Axel Skanky, she she made the mistake of talking about how she went to a BIA school, which is Bureau of Indian Affairs. Yeah. And I said okay. You got to be a Indian to go to those schools. You have to, you, you can't be, you know, what happens, we were, you know, us, you know, the sense of mainly of Swedes here, we were called settler kids. We're settler kids. Settler kids yeah. don't get to go to a BIA school. 
of course, if you are, you did get to go to a BIA school if you're da da an engine. So essentially, it turned out that you know, her mother was either a Quigris or a you know, or a or a Kikis here, one or the other, or maybe a Mistling us here, but it's just fucked up in the head. And essentially, the Indian he ain't the one fucked up in the head. And I found out, you know, I figured as much that what happens. I just took one of my dad's sled dogs. Oh. You have to be a, you have to be very rich rich here if you're a white man and have a sled dog team because you're not allowed you're not allowed to catch all the fish and shoot all the caribou to feed them damn things you know what I mean? And they oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Indians yeah. they just go ahead and, you know they don't need a license here they just go ahead and catch all the salmon and catch all the uh, catch all the salmon catch all the trout catch all the whatever uh, shoot all the caribou they want. To feed their sled dogs, you know what I mean? Indians get to it for free. Yeah, that's right. What happens, white men, they have to pay for that. So, since you got to be a millionaire if you're into uh, sled dogs. So, since that was the second thing, which is pretty well told, it turned out her dad was a, uh, you know, probably a relatively pure blood, blood engine. And especially, you know, before she took down the pay, her blood page here, given to her by this, uh, you know, nigger, all oh, this Malaysian, you know, nigger. Goop named Reggie Rastafarian or whatever here, Rastafarian. Or some some stupid shit. You know, some it was some damn you know it was some dang Malaysian. You know he came, his parents came from Malaysia, so he's living in Hong Kong, Canada. And he's a he's a well off here little nigger goop here. You know what I mean? Who ain't Carol Compton? So and I guess he did get some acts of stanky stanky. But in any case. No, it, it turns out is that is she get all mad because I say, well, hey, why are you whining about your daughters being introduced to white nationalism? Your daughters ain't white, so why would you want to go ahead and have them, you know, introduced here? And Hell's, you know, is trying to go ahead and get her to show the kids here. You know, why would you want to do that here? And certainly because they're, you know, they may be blonde, blue eyed, but such little baby manzers here. You know what I mean? And I see the picture of her. Husband here, who she gone ahead and got divorced from. I call them the. Uh, oh, he sings real good at the opera, so I call them the Winger Castrati. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he got his nuts cut. That's why he sang real good here. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I said, "Look, uh, your 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 two girls are, you know, they're not white girls. They're Mamsus Skanklings. You know what I mean? You no, know, she did not like that here. She, you know, my son is like, you know, what difference does it make you be well, screaming? Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because you're, you're not this. white yourself. You're not white yourself. So what difference does it make you Have you, I mean, have you presented all this to Harold Covington? Did, did, uh, uh, when did Harold Covington figure out that Axis Skanky was a mongrel Indian? Did, I mean, did you educate him? No, what happens is that, you know, this is what embarrassed the hell out of him here and pretty well put the pay, put paid is pretending that he had any vetting process. Here is this, here is this essentially porn star, uh, essentially this porn star whore who went through the NSM who, you know, it turned out that she wasn't white. She wasn't white. And she was fucking niggers and beaners and nigger beaners and Jews and whatever. I mean, essentially, okay, come on, Harold, don't talk to me about setting up a Northwest Volunteer Army when you can't even keep, you know, mongrel porn star whores here from, you know, infiltrating you here. I mean, hey, this ain't very smart to go ahead and get into your little secret army and you're just letting, essentially, Zogbots just join up anytime they want to. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. smart here. You know what I mean? Well, he did the same thing because here you have old bitch Blue Bros. Uh, here he was working one month, usually in July, you know, you know, anywhere from late June to early August for 45 years in a row. And it says, okay. Alaska, no less. Alrighty, well I know I know who I know who works those hours. Inches. They call it tribal warfare. Miss Isley, the Indians, the Indians, you know, run, you know. So I asked old Uncle Tom's dog, big boy. Okay, guess what? The only one who has jobs like that are Indians. So is old bitch Bubros, is he in timber or is he in salmon? Yeah. And uh, Uncle Tom's dog pig said salmon. I said, okay. Precisely, he's an engine. You know what I mean? Red nigger rich yeah. is an engine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here he is. Here he is associated with the ANUS MC. And the ANUS MC, or, you know, Aryan Nations, I go ahead and add a U, and that's a sadistic soul. So I call him ANUS, the ANUS Motorcycle Club, you know. Like, uh, you know, like uh, Unix said here. You don't need to have a motorcycle to join the NSMC. All you need is an anus. So show some faggot biker, you know, and open their ass chaps here. You know what I mean? That's the sort of yeah. stupid shit here. And here is this John, you know, John, you know. Well, you know, I don't even. Look, 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 look. Just because this guy is the nephew of Richard Butler, I've listened to some of their radio shows. I think they're more of a biker club. I don't even yeah, think they're white. They're not identity. They don't. I mean, they may mention identity. They're they, they're not identity. They don't teach the scriptures. They're not even white nationalists. I mean, they I wouldn't consider that. I mean, they're just a motorcycle club. That's all they are. Yeah. Well, I, I call them the anus MC here. So hey, I mean, uh, but I did finally find out is that John. I mean, you know, John Dirt. You know, that's his real name. Is just like, you know, it's the butler, what Johnny Tonto Britain was in Newman Britain here. All it boils down to is that, hey, I don't have any accomplishments of my own. I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and claim the accomplishments of my dead uncle who, while he was alive, I didn't want anything to do with. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't even, uh, no, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's that because I've talked to a lot of people in the military and I described Newman. You know, he was a great guy, ex-Marine, and I described John Britton, how he wants to beat everybody's ass. And they said, man, that guy's got some issues. He, he's got some problems, and it doesn't have anything to do with being in the military. It doesn't have anything to do with all these other people that have, have done him wrong. He's just, you know, I mean, he's got some issues. I mean, and he, you know, John Britton told me that his dad was kind of a wimp. He was a conscientious objector in the army and that his dad didn't teach him how to fight his mom his mom taught him how to be a badass so but the whole thing is you, you don't go around wanting to fight all the white nationalists and identity people i mean if you're a true identity you want to you want to kill satan and his kids you don't want to especially if nobody i mean i haven't done anything to john Britton. Uh, uh, but McHugh never did anything to John Britton. He just made fun of him. He made fun of me, and then he talked about beating everybody's ass. Now he had a beef with Russ Walker for a while, but hell, I had, everybody's had a beef beef with Russ Walker. And I don't know everything that happened between you and Britton, but y'all were friends for a long time. So oh, yeah, we were, I mean, we were friends from 2004 <laughs> till 2014. We were friends for what nine years? 
I mean, yeah, we were pretty close to each other. I, I really helped. Oh, I helped his brother-in-law. I, I tried to help his drunken, his drunken nephew Jeff here, but there was no help in him. This, this guy was just a violent, you know. This guy was just a violent drunkard. You know what I mean? And that, that's the thing here is that, you know, shoot, he, you know, he comes from you know, his family really comes from Northeast Oklahoma. He's called himself Six Killer, and he's yapping shit about how only the Indians never were slaves. Well, maybe that's true here, but you know, I, I, you know, it made me wonder. It made me sort of wonder, what the hell? Why are you giving yourself a name like Six Killer? I mean, are you related to one to ten killers? He was a uh, just chieftainess of the. Uh, maybe you should. Maybe you all should have stayed behind in Northeast Oklahoma because hey, the Eastern Shawnee tribe under Glenna Wallace is doing pretty good for itself. You know what I mean? But yeah. in any case, I mean, you know, come on now. Oh, why give yourself a name like Sisko? That's an Indian name here. You know what I mean? Unless you kill six, you know, six, six. I never, I, I, never, I never asked him about that. I'm, you know what? To be honest, uh, me and Gary had Bible studies with him. He he told us he didn't have anybody else to study the Bible with. He appreciated us. And all I did was, we were we were discussing Jews and Mamsers, and I, I mentioned somebody was a Mamser and somebody was a Jew, and he didn't like it, and he wanted to beat my ass and didn't want to be friends anymore. Hey, you know what? Um, that's fine with me. That's his loss because uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do anything to cross his path. Uh, uh, I mean, if he's that much of a hothead to not want to admit that he thought somebody was cool or somebody was pure white and they were a Jew or Mamser, and he don't want to admit that he said something, and then he wants to beat my ass because I brought it up. You know, I could care less. I mean, he he kind of he was he, he what he does is he talks down to people. He did it. He did it to Buck McHugh. He kind of does it to everybody, like he's superior to everybody else. And you know, well, he's shit wears real thin, real quick. So you know what? He's hey, I'll tell you what. As far as I'm concerned, Ruby. Uh, his 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 aunt and Newman, his uncle, uh, or, or or no no, uh, Ruby was Newman's sister. I think that was also his aunt too. Now, uh, I mean, they kept feast days with Buddy and Thelma, and and, and they went there and 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 New- I mean, everybody in White Nationalism was Mike Newman. I never had a problem with Newman, but as far as I'm well, concerned, no, Newman's pretty good. Cool. What what happens though is that Dewey Dewey Tucker had in his organization. He also had his Numa's brother Rufus, you know, in his organization. Yeah, yeah, I'm not the best friend with Dewey Tucker either. But the thing is, yeah. uh, the thing is, is that uh, I don't know what all went on between Dewey Tucker and John Britton. I know John Britton hates his guts, but uh, well, he does. And the reason was is they posted a picture of Dewey, Newman, and Rufus Britton. And what what happened is that uh, his grandfather, the Pentecostal linthead preacher from Northeast Oklahoma, was dead. But he's talking to John Britton's, you know, grandmother Marge, something like that here. And what happens is that it, it got admitted that Newman Britton's second wife was a Indian named Sally here from Arkansas. Now, especially when he had talked about that, he says, "You you are married to an Indian." I don't care what you claim to be, you know, identity or anything like that. Especially, you're not supposed to be marrying Indians. 
You know what I mean? So he kicked, he went ahead and kicked Newman out, kicked Newman out. Then there, he found out about the second wife named Sally being an Indian, you know, from Arkansas. And so what happened was, so when you kick out Rufus, he said, I didn't kick out Rufus. What happened was Rufus came in with Newman, yeah. and when Newman, and when Newman, you know, he came in with Newman, and when Newman left here, he left with Newman. I says, well, so what was Rufus like? He said, well, Rufus, you know, Rufus didn't have the, any, you know, you know his, his father and his brother Newman had, you know, had, you know, very good speaking abilities, but, you know, Rufus did not, and they tried and tried and tried to, uh, you know, well, yeah, they tried. I'll tell you what, Debbie Tucker also had problems in Tennessee. I know Ken Gregg's. And Karen Gregg's back in the 70s were members of his church, and they left, and some other people left because they didn't like – I mean, they had a falling out with Dewey. But, I mean, Ken Gregg's, his niece married Buddy Johnson's youngest nephew, and I was there when they met. I was there when they set him up. Um, the thing is, is that, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not a big fan of Dewey Tucker, but me and Gary Blackwell were having Bible studies with John. And everything was going good until, you know, basically if you say anything that makes John Britton seem like he's wrong on anything or he has to backpedal or he, he if, 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 if he, I mean, he, he can't be wrong. He has to be best at everything, right on everything. Well, and I wasn't even trying to be a smart ass about it. I was trying to say, look, man, if we're going to be, be ball study and we're going to associate, you know, we got to come to agreement that this person's a Mamzer, this person's an Illuminati Jew. And he didn't want to agree with that. And then he got oh, mad and wanted to beat my, and then he got mad. See, he said this one guy was pure white and I had all the proof that he was an Indian. And he said, send me the proof. And I sent him the proof. And then, and then we were talking about somebody that was an Illuminati Jew, and he didn't think they were a Jew or Illuminati, and it was obvious they, I mean, they're a serpent seed devil. Mm-hmm. And and I and I said, oh, so you think this person's cool? They're pure white. They're not Jew. He goes, I didn't say that. And so then he wanted to beat my ass. So hey, you know what? I'm glad if we can't come to an agreement about these people are Jews and Mamzers and they're evil, and you want to sit on the fence then maybe we don't need to have a Bible study, but he, he wanted to get mad about it and then and slam the phone down. I don't want to be friends anymore. So you know what? That's fine. John Britton has had that problem with a lot of people, and I talked to a lot of people. I, I talked, huh? This must have occurred after 2013 because I, I yeah, asked John When I got off the radio, I'd been going to Michigan keeping feast days with a bunch of people up there. And then um, I got John Britton's number from Russ Walker, and then as almost right after me and John Britton started talking, I invited John Britton to have Bible study with me and Gary. Of course, me and Gary, me and Gary both knew Newman Britton. He met him one time, and I used to talk to Newman on the phone two or three times. I talked to him on the phone about three or four times, and I never had a problem with Newman. We were friends, and Gary met him one time at a feast day. So me and Gary liked Newman, and so John John didn't say anything about the Ephraim scepter uh, 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 horse. Ephraim scepter horse. Yeah. He didn't make fun of his uncle Newman in front of me and uh, 
uh, Gary, he talked good about him. So, but me and Gary took John in to have Bible study, and then he turned. I mean, even me and Gary told him because he was talk, he was always talking about beating everybody's ass in front of me and Gary. And we said, man, you know, you just you need to calm down, man. You can't, you, you know, you, you can't fight everybody. Um, yeah, that's and, not why and, everybody and, does and, agree. So anyway, because I mean, what we're going to say, man? I mean, John's either going to end up in jail. Uh, he's already been arrested a few times. And he's going to end up in jail, lose all his money. Uh, oh, or, or up... he, 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 he don't got any money. That's what got me. That's what got me is that, shoot, he decided to blame me. What, what happens, Brian here was interfering in his case. And so I, I, I did get there because I did put up here. I did put up where essentially they admit that this Brian Real was the one who started this shit. And uh, what happens is that uh, the senior judge, Edward M. You know, Edward M. Ross, Sweaty Eddie himself here, and John says, I don't want to go for Sweaty Eddie because my ancestor, Matthew Britton, was, you know, the cabin boy, you know, aboard uh, Johan Kabato's uh, boat here. And I thought I was saying, well, I thought you, I thought your ancestors were the Earls of Richmond. What are they doing being cabin boys? But never mind, I didn't say that time here. And you know, old Sweaty Eddie went ahead and ruled. He went ahead and ruled and said, hey, you know, uh, well, you got to prove that I have anything to do with, uh, you know, talking about Brian Real. Brian Real decided he was going to interfere because he got a homosexual man crush on Johnny Tonto Britton here. He said he was going to go ahead and interfere. So what I did is I just went ahead and made fun of Cousin Ray, the lawyer, uh, uh, chicken shit Mariani, you know, the ambulance chasing little Jew Guido here from Jew Jersey. And, oh, wine, 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 wine. He was the head, he was the head lawyer for, for Rolls Royce here. And Brian Real got me kicked out until end of February, the very first move to dirt. But, you know, I, I stuck back on here, but... Here it is, here it is, it's 2011, and essentially Sweaty Eddie says, hey, uh, you know, the helicopter, the helicopter case will continue, will continue in June of 2011. We'll go to a jury trial. Essentially, he had the helicopter accident in 2003, August 2003. Finally, what he wants is going to take place. In 2003, essentially on 2000, June 2011, they're going to have the actual trial. And I said, good. What do you, you know, he's, he, you know, he may have gone ahead and let that, you know, murder scoop pig, uh, Ron Harucci, off for killing Vicky Weaver, but essentially Sweaty Eddie obeyed the law here. He should be happy. No, I want to sell for $50,000. I'll make, I make $120,000, $150,000 a year. And I said, yeah, and you blow every single penny of it. You know what I mean? Well, I'll sell for $50,000. So he goes ahead and he wants to sell for $50,000. And somehow, you know, bigger lifts and the rest, you know, get wind of that here. And, they're, you know, they don't need, they hear $50,000. Oh, you better sell for $50,000. I'm going to try, you know, such as Brian Real was stalking him. You know, Brian Real was, you know, impersonating him on Upstanding Citizens, which was a faggot website, which was run by these Nimbuster cards. He had, you know, Nimbuster taken down four times. And so what happens is that, so don't, don't accept this. Take it to trial. You've been waiting, what, eight? You know, you've been waiting, what, 2003? You've been waiting eight and a half years. You know, why, you know, just, you know, just get this thing taken care of. Just let it go to trial. 
Let, yeah. let the thing get settled. You know, and that way, even if you lose, you get to trash out Rolls Royce for making a shitty defective engine part, which, you know, nearly got you killed yeah. anyway. You know what I mean? No, he didn't want to do it. So what did they do? They they decided to settle for oh a couple million for the brand new helicopter which had fall you know, which had crashed because of the defective engine part here, which you know, they you know, it was an expensive engine part, maybe out of you know, rare earth metal, so they didn't want to trash it because it cost you know, I mean, you know, it, it was really it was really you know, more more uh you know, worth more than gold here, ounce per ounce here. But, you know, it had to be machined at, you know, certain tolerances, and it was machined 22 to 23 times by drunken machinists here. So, yeah. no, I mean, you know, hey, you, you would have had a win if you take it to court. But they settled for, you know, with giant Tonto for $330,000. Okay. Well, guess what? You know, normally the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, what, oh, the law firm gets one-third, but, you know, they got extra 40000 because they paid for his, they paid to get his back fixed, whatever. So he's getting 40%, but what they do here, they go ahead and they decide to go ahead and screw up John Britton's lawsuit. His, you know, his third daughter decides she wants to fuck, you know, you know, beaners here, and so she beats daddy up here, jumps through a, Plate glass went, you know, jumps through the window, you know, breaks the window out here, you know, one of these big windows that you used to call picture windows when I was a kid. And then she goes out, she beats this Emmett, oh, Idaho pig up too here. And then four or five, you know, pigs show up, and then they, they beat the shit out of her. And, uh, oh, they're talking about taking his third daughter away from John Britton. I says, well, hey, I mean, maybe, you know, let, let, her, let her go ahead and live. You gotta go ahead and live in foster care for a month or so. She behave herself, and maybe not want to fuck beaners here. But no, nah, Don Brink couldn't do that. They don't want to do it. So essentially, the, the, you know, here he is. He's trying to get Gary Spencer represent. He's running all over the place. And so, you know, the next February, uh, February of 2012, I said, well, let's just what we we're going to tell Buck McHugh. Essentially, what it boiled down to is at one time I had them agreed to go ahead and give John Britton half here. 165, 165 would be, what, 330? And what happens is that you know, they give him 110,000 and they take 220,000. So I said, well, what happens? Let's get the money and then we'll sue the stupid law company here later. Fine, but he doesn't do that. Yeah, he probably still could, but he doesn't do that. So that's what you know. That's the way he was. He just simply, he would just simply talk big shit here. But when it came down to actually, you know, you know, standing and delivering on his bullshit here, he pussied out here. And so what they were trying to do is that just like Brian Real would impersonate John Britton, I mean, essentially that was what they were trying to do is you know go ahead and then say that he violated. You know, he by cousin Ray was drafting the thing. He violated. So essentially. In February 2012, uh, John Britton took the 110 here, and the law firm got 220,000. And essentially, it was, it was dumbass uh, Russ Walker, which went ahead and put out this Lexus Nexus page. This was not secret A information. You go to a law school, you go to a law school and pay 10 cents a page, you can get the same damn thing here. You know what I mean? You pay 10 cents a page. Uh, I could I could have found the same damn thing out here. 
by going up to Missouri Southern State University here and paying ten cents per page for printouts here. But anyway, uh, you know, John Britton got a copy of it. You know, his 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 uh his lawyer gave him a copy of it here. To this was in 2011, and I, I told John Britton, I said, "Hey, look, you gotta go ahead and tell your lawyer that old nigger lips, the old nigger lips is uh, chasing you everywhere." And John Britton didn't want to do it. I said, "No." He is trying to go ahead and destroy your case because you wouldn't give him any of your man pussy. So, hey, you need you need to go ahead and tell your lawyers that this little bastard is fucking shit up. And yeah. so he did. And then, you know, what happens is his lawyer, you know, that's when, you know, that's when things got interesting here. But his lawyer, his lawyer, his lawyer went ahead and, you know, looked up the LexisNexis page and then, Send it, send it out oh, to John Britton. John Britton sent it out to me, sent it out to William B., sent it out to Russ Walker. I think it's on my end. This is chirping. You hear this chirping? It's not me, man. It ain't coming from my phone. Okay, I hear chirping. Hey, on my uh, uh, I'm going to do, let's see. The book of Enoch tonight, we stopped on, uh, we stopped on, was it not C? Is that Roman number? That's ninety. We stopped on ninety. I think we stopped on ninety. Let me go ahead and look here. Let me go ahead. That's and look. ninety. So uh, we stopped on ninety. So we'll be on ninety-one tonight. Well, you know, we could probably we could probably finish the entire. There's only five more uh, ch- chapters, and then two, and then one. A fragment of Noah's only two chapters. We could finish it all tonight, probably. Probably that may be the next year. What 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 happens is uh what what chapter is it here? Uh chapter oh hundred or ninety or what here? Well, see, I'm not real good with Roman numerals. C is what? C is hundred. It's one hundred. Uh, we 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 did a hundred. We're here on a hundred or hundred one. Let's see. Uh, the sinners destroy. When the uh. All right, we did 100. We're on 101 now. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me go ahead and look here. Uh, We're on 101. Hold on a second. I'm sure she could if she had to. But, okay, you're sure? Let me see. Yeah, but the sinners destroy each other. Judgment of the fallen angels, the safety of the righteous. We did 100. We're on 101 right now. Tonight. I, we're, we're think, do I think, why don't you go ahead and start at 100, though? Chapter C. Well, we've we've already done it. I'll do it again, but we've already done it. Go ahead and do it here. Go ahead and do it. All right. And I'll get, I'm going to I'm going to start. start. And then I've already posted it once. Let me post it again in the chat room. Hold on. Okay. I need to put Roxy on the bedpan anyway here. You know, so. All right, look. I just posted chat room. We're going to do uh, Roman numeral chapter C, 100. Here we go. This talk we did it last week. We're going to cap, recap it and move on. The sinners destroy each other, judgment of the fallen angels, the safety of the righteous, and further woe for sinners. Verse 1, and in those days, in one place, the fathers together with their sons shall be smitten, and brothers one with another shall fall in death till the streams flow with their blood. It's talking about a lot of wiggers are going to die because they haven't repented. 
Verse 2, for a man shall not withhold his hand from slaying his sons and his sons' sons, and the sinner shall not withhold his hand from the, his honored brother. From dawn till sunset they shall slay one another. Verse 3, and the horse shall walk up to the breast in the blood of sinners, and the chariot shall be submerged to its height. Remember in Revelations it says that uh, the day of Armageddon, Armageddon uh, that the blood's going to rise above, above the height of a horse. All right, the chariot, the horse, okay. Verse 4, in those days the angels shall descend into the secret places and gather together into one place all those who brought down sin, and the Most High will arise on that day of judgment. So the good angels are going to uh, bring all the people that have brought the sin, and they're going to pun help Yahweh punish the evil. And the Most High will arise on that day of judgment to execute great judgment amongst sinners. Verse 5, and over all the righteous and holy, he will appoint guardians from amongst the holy angels to guard them in the apple of an eye until he makes an end of all the wickedness and all the sin. I'm going to tell you, folks, all these people think Satan's going to win and, and, and evil's going to be uh, rule forever. They're wrong. Yahweh said he's going to destroy Satan and evil and sin forever. And through the righteous, another righteous sleep, a long sleep, they have not to fear. So all the righteous that died a long time ago are still uh, in sleep waiting the day of judgment. So, you know, this is what it's talking about. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 6, and then the children of the earth shall see the wise in security and shall understand all the words of this book and recognize that their riches shall not be able to save them. So all, all the people that relied, uh, that trusted in this world and their money uh, to save them and, and, and selling out to the Jews, uh, it's not going to save them in the end. In the overthrow of their sins, woe to you sinners on the day of strong anguish. You who afflict the righteous and burn them with fire, you shall be requited according to your works. Woe to you, you obstinate of heart, who watch in order to devise wickedness. Therefore shall fear come upon you, and there shall be none to help you. Woe to you, you sinners, on account of the words of your mouth and on account of the deeds of your hands, which you which your godlessness has wrought, and blazing flames, burning worse than fire shall ye burn. So Yahweh's going to burn them worse than a normal fire. Verse 10, And now know ye that from the angels he will inquire as to your deeds in heaven, from the sun and from the moon and from the stars, and the reference to your sins, because upon the earth you execute judgment on the righteous, and he will summon to testify against your every cloud and mist and dew and rain. For they shall all be withheld because of you from descending upon you. Yahweh, look, Yahweh can make the sun uh, stop moving. He can make an eclipse. He can darken the sun, darken the moon. Uh, he can withhold rain. Yahweh, I mean, these are all uh, methods. Yahweh can send hailstones hell, down. So he can withhold all this the sun uh, and the rain uh, from descending upon you, and they shall be mindful of your sins. And now give presence to the rain that it be not withheld from descending upon you, nor yet the dew when it has received gold and silver from that it may descend. When the hoarfrost and snow with their chilliness and all the snowstorms and all their plagues fall upon you, in those days you shall not be able to stand before them. Now, that was chapter 100. We're on to 101 here. 
Martin, if you don't have any comment, you shouldn't because we went we covered this last week. If you don't have any comment, I'm going to chapter 101 in the book of Enoch. Here we go. The exhortation to the fear of Yahweh, and all nature fears him, but not the sinners. So even the animals, even the plants and animals, respect and fear Yahweh and obey Yahweh and do what Yahweh created them to do. But the wicked wiggers, the unrepentant white sinners, they don't obey Yahweh and they don't fear Yahweh. They serve Satan. That's their master. Okay, so this is what it's talking about. Verse 1, observe the heaven, ye children of heaven, and every work of the Most High Yahweh, and fear Yahweh, and work no evil in Yahweh's presence. Well, Yahweh is present everywhere, so don't ever do any evil. Fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. Verse 2, if he closes the windows of heaven and withholds the rain and the dew from descending on the earth on your account of your sins, what will you do then? How will you grow food? If there's a massive drought and it burns all the plants, how will you survive, wicked white man? Verse 3, and if he sends his anger upon you because of your deeds, you cannot petition him. Remember? It says in the scriptures that Yahweh will not even hear your prayers if you turn away from keeping his laws. All these Christians that say the laws are done away with and they're just under grace, Yahweh is not even going to listen to their prayers. For you spake proud and insolent words against Yahweh's righteousness. Remember all those people that make fun of me or other, other identity people for not eating pork or for keeping Yahweh's laws? and they made fun of Yahweh, they're going to pay now. Therefore, you shall have no peace. Verse 4, And see ye not the sailors of the ships, and how their ships are tossed to and fro by the waves, and are shaken by the winds, and are in sore trouble. And therefore, do not fear, because all their goodly possessions go upon the sea with them, and they have evil forbearings of heart, and the sea will swallow them, and they will perish therein. So like a foolish sailor that tries to sail in bad waters, he thinks that he's invincible. No. Yahweh is God. And if you don't obey him, you're not going to be blessed, but you're going to be cursed. Verse 6, and not the entire sea and all its waters and all its movements the work of the Most High, and has he not set limits to its doings and confined it throughout by the, by the sand? And at his reproof it is afraid and dries up, and all its fish die, and all that is in it. Yahweh can dry up the seas. Yahweh can kill all the fish. Yahweh can create natural disasters, or they're actually acts of God. He can create hurricanes and tornadoes and, and all kinds of Remember how Yahshua, there was a storm on the Sea of Galilee, and Peter and all the apostles and disciples were afraid, and Yahshua calmed the storm? Yahweh. That was Yahweh in a flesh body. That was God. Yahweh's in control. But you sinners that are on the earth, fear him not. These sinners still don't repent and fear Yahweh. They, they love Satan, they fear Satan, and they serve Satan. Verse 8, has he not made the heaven and earth and all that is therein? Who has given understanding and wisdom to everything that moves on the earth and in the C? 
sea. Do not the sailors of the ships fear the sea? Yet sinners fear not the most high. So all these wicked wiggers, the white, Martin, I'm going to let you talk in a minute. Just let me recap it. All these wicked wiggers, uh, they fear the sea. They fear snakes. They fear uh, lions and tigers. They fear Jews and, and, and mamzers. They fear Satan. And they, you know, by fearing Satan and doing his will so they don't, uh, they don't, uh, or doing the bidding of the Jews so they don't get persecuted for righteousness' sake, they hate Yahweh. They don't fear Yahweh. They don't repent. They don't keep his commandments. Hey, Martin, well, why don't you go over chapter 101 and, uh, and see what you think? Okay, I I'll look at I'll look at one hundred here real quick here. So in one hundred he says the sinners destroy each other. Judgment on the fallen angels, the faith of the righteous, further woes for sinners here. And he's going to judge. He's going to judge. You know the sinners are going to destroy each other because they're you know because they they're not going to keep good faith with each other. So he shall appoint guardians from the holy angels, and then it says is that the uh, the uh, the angels know that you from the angels who acquired you the deeds of heaven. You know, some of you testify against you every cloud and mist and dew. So you know pretty well nothing is hidden from Yahweh at all. And when the hoarfrost snow with their children, so still storms of all the place on you. In those days you shall not be able to stand before them. And then in chapter one hundred and one, he says, observe that you know the heaven, the children of heaven, every work of most high fear and work no evil in his presence. So he can close the windows of heaven. He can deprive you of the rain and the dew from descending on the earth. You know, so what are you going to do then? He says his anger. You know, see, see you not the sailors of the ships, how their ships are tossed to and fro by the waves, or shaken by the winds, or in short, short trouble. So they fear because all their possessions, you know, go up on the sea. They have evil forebodings of heart. The sea will swallow them. They will perish. So, you know, you, you see is that, you know, I mean, you know, in the Bible says, don't fear those who can destroy your body, but rather fear him who can not only take your body, but your entire soul as well. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right, who Paul. you should fear. That's who you should fear. So that's, right, what, you know, that's what, you know, that's what uh, is said here. Sinners, you need to be scared. You know, and, you know, not, not in just a panic, but you need to be scared lest you... You know, lest you need to be scared, lest, you know, that Yahweh give you upon judgment here. And the best thing to do, sinners, is stop sinning. That is the best thing to do. Stop sinning. That's, that's the best advice here for sinners. Stop sinning. You know what I mean? Then you won't have to fear. You know what I mean? Stop lying, stop stealing, stop murdering, stop sinning, stop being cowards, stop stop race mixing, stop adulterating the blood, stop fornicating, stop being, I mean, stop stop uh, making excuses. If you truly love Yahweh and, and, and love the white race and hate hate the Jews and hate race, race mixing, then break away from Babylon and be yeah. self-sufficient and don't be a hypocrite and a liar. It's easiest or it's easier just to behave yourself the very first time and have done with it. That's what's the easiest thing to do, is to be good, to behave yourself, to not do stupid things here. 
that is what the that's what the best advice is is just simply stop sinning. That is you know that is really the yeah. But you know what, Martin? The Judeo Christians that they all teach Paul that the law is done away with. They're not going to do that. And even the identity people that talk out of both sides of their mouth, they quote Paul. They talk about sin and white power. But then they make excuses for everything they do. Just like just like Jonathan Johnson made an excuse for Jim Wickstrom, saying, well, you know, uh, I ran off with a married woman, too, and, you know, it's no big deal. Well, this I mean, come well. on. Hey, hey, come, you know, I wouldn't even admit that, man. I mean, Jim Wickstrom's a Zogbot. He, he's pure evil. And, and, and you're wanting to defend him, and then by, by justifying it, you want to even admit that you ran off with a – a married woman, and, and and you want to say it was okay that you know it was no big. Did you have her husband? Did you have her husband? Did you have her husband thrown into prison where he was murdered by zombie pigs? Here is that what you want me as well? Because hey, you know none of these sins, none of these sins. All they do, Martin. They cover each other's tracks. All these zombies and Jews and Mamzers and proselytes. They want to make excuses all the time. That's why there's no accountability. Even in identity, even white nationalism, there's no accountability among the white men for wrongdoing, for evil. The leadership is rotten, and if somebody is a decent, a decent white man, uh, they're not going to get the money, and they're not going to get the following. But you look, you don't want quality, you don't want quantity, you want quality. I would rather have a small group of loyal, repentant, humble Israelites. To fear Yahweh and keep his commandments, than to have a big organization and make a big name for myself and be infiltrated by Jews and Mamzers and have to water down the truth. Because that's what it is, Martin. They have to water the truth down to get numbers, to get people to join, and also to get financial backing. Well, look, if you're a white man, you need to work by the sweat of your brow and encourage other people. If you happen to come into some money, inheritance or whatever, then you need to use that to help the widows and the orphans. You need to use that to help other poor Israelites, and that's fine. But to to actually try to live off the back of other poor Israelites because you're, quote, this great leader and you're too damn lazy to work uh, for yourself and to earn it honestly – I mean, that's just, I mean, it would be better for these people to have never known identity or Yahweh the truth than to do what they've done in the name of Yahweh, Martin. Oh, I agree. It really would. I agree. Oh, oh, I I agree with that. I agree with that uh, very much here. So, you know, the thing to do, you know, sinners, is not only just fear, it's just easier just to stop sinning. That is the best thing to do. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. Get the moat. Get the moat out of your own eye. Stop sinning. Lead by example. Practice what you really preach. If you're preaching the red letters, then actually do it, and don't be ashamed of it. If 99% of the white race hates you for fearing Yahweh and keep his commandments, even people in identity, and they want you to sin, and they want you to backslide, and they want you to water the truth down, separate yourself from them. You don't need them. One with Yahweh's majority. Come on. Right now. I agree. I agree. It's better to... to 
just let me tell you, you may go, you might, you might, you may lose all your family, all your former friends if you start serving Yahweh. But eventually, Yahweh will lead better quality of people into your life, and the hope would be that if they're not already, by the time they meet you and you teach them and you help lead them to Yahweh, that they repent and that they hunger after Yahweh and righteousness and truth also. That is who you need to hang out with. If you can't have decent fellowship, then you're better off alone. Like the, uh, you know, the eunuchs and the virgins, they're going to get a, a greater reward than the people that could enter the congregation. But even if you, you know, you start, even, look, look, look. The thing is, is that if you put Yahweh first like Job did, he lost his wife, he lost his kids, he lost all his wealth. But if you put Yahweh first, eventually, right will win out, and you will eventually be rewarded. It may not happen fast like everybody says it's going to happen, but it is worth waiting for. It's always worth doing righteousness and doing the right thing and obeying Yahweh. Even if you're persecuted or tortured or killed for righteousness' sake, it is always better to put Yahweh first. I agree. Okay. So are we ready for 102? Sure. Go ahead. Here we go. Uh, Chapter 102, the terror of the day of judgment, the adverse fortunes of the righteous on the earth. In those days, verse 1, in those days when he hath brought a grievous fire upon you, and he's talking about the wicked, whether will you flee? Where are you going to, your money ain't going to buy your way out, out, of, out of hell or buy your way out of judgment. And where will you find deliverance? And when he launches forth his word against you, will you not be frightened and fear? Verse 2, and all the luminaries, and all the stars in heaven, all the suns in heaven, and the universe shall be affrighted with great fear, and all the earth shall be affrighted and trembled and be alarmed. Every All the stars are going to fall from the heaven. The old heaven, the old earth will be destroyed. Yahweh don't play games. Every knee will bow in front of Yahweh, okay? And this is his day of judgment. He's not playing games. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, you better believe every red letter and every, everything revelations, everything Yahweh promised. If it came from Yahweh. Now, we're not talking about Paul. We're not talking about Solomon, the book of Solomon or Esther. We're talking about the red letters. And it's not done away with, okay? Verse 3, and all the angels shall execute their, their commands. All these good angels, they'll execute the commands that Yahweh gives them. And, shall seek to, and they shall seek to hide themselves from the presence of the great Yahweh. And the children of the earth shall tremble and quake. Remember, they're going to hide in the bunkers and the caves underground? Yeah. And ye sinners shall be cursed forever. Hey, that don't sound like Yahweh changes his mind and we're all equal and we're all getting the same reward. He said the sinners are going to be cursed forever, and ye shall have no peace. Fear ye not, ye souls of the righteous, and be hopeful, ye that have died in righteousness. And grieve not if your soul unto Sheol has descended into grief. And that in your life, your body fared not according to your goodness. But wait for the day of judgment of sinners and for the day of cursing and chastisement. So even if you were crucified or decapitated or hung or persecuted for righteousness' sake and you are waiting 
for the day of judgment, for the dead in Christ to rise first. Okay, it's going to be worth it. All right, verse 6, and yet when ye die, the sinners speak over you. So all the good people that die, all these sinners that, that, that get rewarded on this earth and get, and get all the money and fame and glory, they're going to speak bad about you. As we die, so die the righteous. And what benefit do they reap for their deeds? So they're going to make fun of you for all these people that truly followed Yahweh over the years, and they didn't make a lot of money, and they were persecuted, and they were tortured. The sinners and the wicked people are going to make fun of them over their graves. They're going to say, look, uh, they, got, they didn't get rewarded for, for their good deeds. Well, they didn't get rewarded by Satan temporarily like you did for selling your soul to Satan. But they're going to get rewarded eternally by Yahweh eventually. That's the key. Verse 7, behold, even as we, so do they die in grief and darkness. And what have they more than we? From henceforth, we are equal. So the sinners are trying to say, look, all these good, righteous people, they're going to die before us, and we're going to die eventually later, but we're going to have an easy life, and we're all equal. We're all going to get the same reward, so why even bother doing good? That's what they're saying. They're they're mocking Yahweh. They're they're, they're actually calling Yahweh a liar, like all of Hollywood, like all the Judeo-Christian churches that said the law are done away with, like all these wiggers and mamsers that follow after Satan and his kids, the Jews. They mock Yahweh and call him a liar on everything. Verse 8, and what will they receive and what will they see forever? Behold, they too have died, and henceforth forever shall they see no light. Verse 9, I tell ye, ye sinners, ye are content to eat and drink and rob. That means they have to rob and steal from the poor to get where they're at. And sin. And you strip men naked and acquire wealth, and see good days. This reminds me, this verse 9 reminds me of Nazi Germany. Uh, after World War One, before World War Two started, before Hitler and the Nazis took power in Germany, how the communist Jews had gone into Germany, had taken over the government, and bought off the police and military, and how they robbed all the, the hardworking, smart white men. And they, and they stole their houses with high taxes and, and all that. They stole their businesses. And the white men were eaten out of garbage cans, the pure white German men. And the white women were being fondled and raped by Negroes and Asians and Jews on the streets and treated like whores. And that's what they were doing before Nazi Germany came to power. So not Yahweh, he allowed his sons of Judah, the tribe of Judah, to go in there and get mad and fight for him and fight for God and country and race. Now, that's, that's not even 1% of what Yahweh is going to clean house with. I mean, even if Hitler and some of those German men were some of the best tribe of Judah that ever lived, <laughs> they ain't nothing compared to Yahweh. Yahweh's not going to let this crap go on forever. Verse 10, have you seen the righteous, how they end, how their end falls out, that no manner of violence is found in them till their death? So these wicked people are still making fun of the righteous and saying it, do, it does not pay to do good. It's kind of like that song, Billy Joel, 
the Jew that used to be married to that white lady, Christy Brinkley, and she popped out a bunch of devil kids for him, Billy, Billy the Jew Devil Joel, he sings that song, Only the Good Die Young, and that he would rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Billy Joel, the Jew devil, the son of Satan, is saying the same thing that these evil sinners are saying right before the day of their judgment. He's making fun of good white people. I mean, this is, I mean, the Jews are, I mean, they, are, they, they say the same thing that Satan says. They're pure evil just like their daddy. They're not of Yahweh. Okay. Um, verse 11. Nevertheless, they perished and became as though they had not been, and their spirits descended into Sheol in tribulation. Yes, evil Jew devils, and yes, evil proselytes, and yes, evil Satan and evil fallen angels, the good and righteous that did serve Yahweh and get persecuted and die an early or miserable death for righteousness' sake. Yeah, they did die, and they went to Sheol, a temporary resting place. But when Yahweh comes back the second coming, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those righteous will rise first and get their reward, and it's going to be worth it then. Hey, Martin, that was one of two. Do you have a comment? If you don't have a comment on Chapter 102, I'm going to go to 103, Martin Linston. Yeah. 102. Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay, let me look here. One or two. All right, terrors of the day of judgment, the adverse fortunes of the righteous on the earth here. Okay. So we ask, where are you going to, you know, where are you going to find any place to hide? Where are you going to find deliverances? So the angels shall execute their commands. And so he tied himself from the presence of great glory. And in case, he says, uh, he's going ahead and asking a number of questions here. You know, that you were content to eat and drink, drink and rob and sin, strip men naked, and choir wealth and see good days. You've seen the righteous, how their end falls out, that no matter of us shall be found in them till death. So uh, this was, what, 102? So yeah, they did perish, but their spirits descended into shoal or into the grave in tribulation here. So let's just go on to 103, okay? All right, we're going to 103 right here. And here we go, folks. This deals with the different destinies of the righteous and the sinners, the two groups, the goats and sheep. And, you know, in a way, not only are proselyte white race traders the shaft of the wheat, not only are they twice the child of hell, even though they were born a sheep, they're basically turned into goats. They're twice the child of hell. They're going to be on the left side with the goats. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're going to get rewarded for, for selling out to Satan. They're going to get their just. All right, the fresh objections of the sinners. And when this all happens, when the, sin, when the evil, wicked white people get, start getting punished, they're going to object. Here we go, verse 1. Now, therefore, I swear to you, the righteous, by the glory of the great and honored and mighty one in dominion, and by his greatness, I swear to you, I know, verse 2, I know a mystery and have read the heavenly tablets. This is Enoch speaking. And have seen the holy books and have found written therein and inscribed regarding them that all goodness and joy and glory are prepared for them and written down for the spirits of those who have died 
in righteousness, and that manifold good shall be given to you in recompense for your labors, and that your lot is abundantly beyond the lot of the living. So he's saying, look, uh, Enoch is telling the people that are still alive, you better do right, because I've read the holy books in heaven. And even though you're persecuted down here for doing righteousness, you, you're going to be eternally rewarded. Verse 4, And the spirits of you who have died in righteousness shall live and rejoice, and their spirits shall not perish, nor their memorial from before the face of the great one Yahweh, until all the generations of the world wherefore no longer fear their contumely. Verse 5, Woe to you, you sinners, when you have died, if you die in the wealth of your sins. Remember, not only do you have a lot of sins, but you you died with a lot of money and excess because you had to rob the honest and the hardworking to get where you got, is what it's saying. You have to sell your soul to Satan and get ahead in this world. If you die in the wealth of your sins, if, look, if you got a lot of money and you're not willing to help out your poor white racial brother or sister and need the widows and orphans, hey, that's, I mean, you're, you're going to, just like a rich man that lived the perfect life and he didn't want to give it up and follow after Yahweh in the flesh body, Yeshua, hey, you know what? Uh, that's his choice. And those who are like you say regarding you, blessed are the sinners, they have seen all their days. See, they've had their reward on this earth. Billy Joel and all them other Jews, they made their money, and they mocked Yahweh, and they mocked the good white people. They made fun of them, and they knocked up a bunch of white women like Christy Brinkley and made a bunch of devil babies, and they're just rubbing it in your face. Verse 6, and now they have died in prosperity and wealth and have not seen tribulation or murder in their life. They've, ne they've never had a hard life, and they have died in honor. Look at all these Jews. They get a, a walk of fame in Hollywood, a star, star, and all these white race traders that get awards. They're always patting each other on the back, and they they get fame and fortune, and they and and, and they get all this awards. That ain't the way Yahweh works. And judgment has not been executed on them during their life. So all these people that are doing evil, these evil judges and police and politicians, they're going to get rewarded in this life. But when Yahweh comes back and judges them, they're going to have to pay. Verse 7, know ye that their souls will be made to descend into Sheol, and they shall be wretched in their great tribulation, and, unto dark, and into darkness and chains. So not only the 70 judges like Samson and the one-third of the fallen angels with Satan, but all the white race traders, the sinners, the rich and powerful, the evil people, they're going to go to Sheol and chains just like the first two groups. The first two of this is the third this is going to be for the white trash wiggers. And into darkness and change in a burning flame where there is grievous judgment shall your spirits enter. And the great judgment shall be for all the generations of the world. Woe to you, for you shall have no peace. Say not in regard to the righteous and good who are in life. In our troubled days, we have toiled laboriously and experienced every trouble and met with much evil and being consumed, and have become few and our spirits small. What's all this crap about the Christian churches saying that 
if you serve God, you're going to be a millionaire, you're going to have all this fame and fortune. No, that's not how Yahweh works. You're going to be persecuted for righteousness' sake. Verse 10, and we have been destroyed and have not found any to help us with a word. We have been tortured. This is the righteous and destroyed and not hope to see life from day to day. Verse 11, we hope to be the head and have become the tail. The white race has become the tail and the Jews have become the head. We have toiled laboriously and had no satisfaction in our toil. And we have become the food of the sinners and the unrighteous, and they have laid their yoke heavy upon us. What about all the taxes and the fines and the restrictions and the decreased wages and the polluted uh, food, water, and air? You don't think the white race has a heavy yoke laid upon them for following Satan and his kids? They do. And following after people that say the laws are done away with, we're just under grace. Oh, they're paying for that. Verse 12, they have had dominion over us, that, and they hated us and smote us. And to those that hated us, we have bowed our necks, but they pitied us not. So you can bow down to Satan and his kids, but they're not going to show mercy or pity. Verse 13, we desire to get away from them that we might escape and be at rest, but found no place where unto we should flee and be safe from them. And our, verse 14, and our complaint to the rulers and our tribulation and cried out against those who devoured us, but they did not attend to our cries. Listen, I mean, if you're going to serve Yahweh and be persecuted for righteousness' sake, don't cry out to the evil system for mercy. Don't cry out to Satan and his kids uh, and expect them to show justice or mercy or to ever do what's right because you're wasting your breath. And they would not hearken to our voice. Verse 15, and they helped those who robbed us. This would be the white race traders helped the Jews and Satan who robbed us and devoured us and those who made us few. And they concealed their oppression, and they did not remove from us the yoke of those that devoured us and dispersed us and murdered us. Uh, Nazi Germany removed the yoke of international Jewry in Germany, and they were trying to save all of Central Europe uh, and even Western Europe, you know. And but you haven't, you see all the white race traders now in all the other countries. They have encouraged and allowed the Jews to do what they're doing. They've sold out. From us, the yoke of those that devoured us and dispersed us and murdered us, and they concealed their murder. These white race traders are concealing the murder. What about the U.S. government and the British government and all the other white nations' government? When they go in and they murder women and children, they murder innocent people in quote-unquote time of war. What about Waco or Ruby Ridge where they, they conceal murder or justify murder all the time? The cops do it. And they remember not that they had lifted up their hands against us. So they're all along for the ride. And they don't have a conscience. Hey, Martin, that was 103. You got a comment? Chapter 103, we're, we're going to move on to chapter 104, Martin.
103. Let me let me go ahead and look here. All right. Different destinies of the righteous and the sinners, fresh objections of the sinners here. So, he swears by the righteous and by the glory of the great and honored, mighty one and dominion, by his greatness, I swear to you, this is Enoch. He knows the mystery. I've read the heavenly tablets, see the holy books, found written therein, and inscribed regarding them that all goodness and glory are prepared for them. You know, that, you know, that, you know, that to the good, but they shall live and rejoice in peace that they shall do well. You know, and then, you know, in chapter 5, okay, but on the other hand, you sinners, when you've died, you've died in the world for your sins. In case uh, that, you know, that those like you say regarding your blessed are sinners, they have seen all their days, how they died in prosperity and wealth, and have not seen tribulation or murder in their life, they have died in honor, and judgment has not been executed on them during their life. Well, that is true, but... Their souls shall descend into Sheol. They shall be wretched in their great tribulation. So there's a price to be paid. And that price is far longer than the price, you know, than the good things that you got during that life. So, hey, Martin, Martin, mm-hmm. the last two chapters, they mirror what's going on, not only for the last 7,000 years, but even right now. The wicked white oh, people, yes. the wicked white people, in power, that persecute the poor, the honest, the hardworking, white families, the white people, even the people telling the truth and true identity, the red letters, and they don't even care. If they mur- they cover up murders, they, uh, uh, they arrest people on trumped-up charges, uh, they beat on them, the police, the military, they cover it all up, and the white men that are part of this are twice the child of hell, Martin. I agree. I agree. So it, it says, in, in fact, this chapter is very much like Matthew chapter 25 and Revelation chapter 20, where there will be division according to their works and punishment, you know, and those who do are not written in the book of life shall be cast in the lake of fire. And that will be, you know, the end judgment will be their end altogether. So, it goes. It goes on. We hope to be the head and become the tail. We toiled laboriously and had no satisfaction at toil. We have become the fruit of sinners and unrighteousness and laid their yoke heavy on us here. So, you know, in you know, this is this is talking about the judgment which is to come here. So, anyway, and it shall be. It shall be a. It shall be a harsh. It shall be a harsh punishment here. So in any case, uh, let's see. We'll go on to chapter 115, okay? Uh, now we're at 104. We got 104 and 105 when we're done with this section. Chapter 104, okay. this deals with the assurances given to the rights. Hold on, hold on. We've done 104. Hold on, I think. Hold on. Have we done? Let, hold on. Have we done the previous? No. Hold on. No. It, it, you know, chapter 104 is the next chapter. We've done 103. I haven't done one. Let me do 104. Okay, the yep. assurance is given. This, 104. The assurance is given to the righteous, the admonition to sinners, and the falsifiers of the words of uprightness. The falsifiers are the translators, the people that water down the truth, the people that take the lost books out of the Bible, the people that twist the words of Scripture. What does Revelation say? If you add to Yahweh's word, 
or take away from Yahweh's word. So you're never going to hear me quote Paul and the laws are done away with. You're going to hear me quote the red letters and Barnabas and John Mark, the one that Paul hated and wouldn't forgive for no reason, and he wrote the Gospel of Mark. You're never going to hear me water down any of the red letters or Revelation of the Old Testament or the Book of Enoch. Okay? You're going to hear that, and all 100% of all the Catholic and the Protestant, the Judeo-Christian churches, you're going to hear it in probably 95% of two-seed line of blood ground identity. Here we go. I swear unto you, verse 1, that in heaven the angels remember you for good before the glory of the great one, and your names are written before the glory of the great one. Verse 2, be hopeful for a foretime you were put to shame through ill and affliction, but now you, ha- you shall shine as the lights of heaven. You shall shine and ye shall be seen, and the portals of heaven shall be opened to you. Verse 3, and in your cry, cry for judgment, and it shall appear to you. For all your tribulations shall be visited on the rulers and on all who helped those who plundered you. Be hopeful and cast not away your hopes, for you shall have great joy as the angels of heaven. What shall you be obliged to? You shall not have to hide on the day of the great judgment, and ye shall not be found as sinners, and the eternal judgment shall be far from you for all the generations of the world. So if you truly repent and follow Yahweh, you don't have nothing to fear. But if you're just playing white power and playing identity and playing church and religion, you may not fear now, but on the day of judgment, you will. Verse 6, And now fear not, ye righteous, when you see the sinners growing strong and prosperous in their ways, be not companions with them. You are to break ties with all evil white people, but keep afar from their violence, for you shall become companions of the host of heaven. And although ye sinners say, all our sins shall not be searched out and be written down, nevertheless, they shall write down all your sins every day. Uh, does Yahweh and the Bible not say that we're going to give account of not only every idle word, the red letters say we got to give account of everything we say in a flesh body on this earth and that we do. So even if we repent, we still have to give account of everything we've ever done. And even if we are fearing Yahweh and keeping his commandments for the rest of our life after we repent, We have to give an account of everything we said. Did we witness, were we ashamed of Yahweh and his words? Were we ashamed to teach his words to others for fear of persecution? Because Yahweh would be ashamed of us on the day of judgment. Verse 8, and now I show unto you that light and darkness day and night and see all your sins. You ain't going to hide nothing from Yahweh. You can hide, you you can fool all of mankind. You could even fool the angels, maybe. She don't fool Yahweh. Nobody fools Yahweh. Verse 9, be not godless in your hearts and lie not and alter not the words of uprightness. Don't twist the scriptures around to suit your own needs or to tingle people's ears or to be popular, nor change with lying 
the words of the Holy Great One, nor take account of your idols. For all your lying and all your godless godlessness issue, not in righteousness, will be in great sin. And now I know, remember, if you cause a little child to stumble because you lied to them, It'd be better for a millstone to be hung around your neck. And now I know this mystery, that sinners will alter and pervert the words of righteousness in many ways. Enoch realized, he, read the, he, he, he learned in heaven that, the, that there will be many people, not just Jews and Mammoths, but a lot of white people, that will water down Yahweh's truth and, and make Yahweh a liar. And they will speak wicked words and lie and practice great deceits and write books concerning their words. Why do we need to write a book about the interpretation? I mean, we gotta we got to come up with a Book of Mormon or some new book because Yahweh didn't, they, they say Yahweh didn't get it right or Yahweh changed his mind. Uh-uh. Verse 11, but when they write down truthfully all my words in their languages, when they truly write, translate Yahweh's scripture, not their words, not their interpretation. And they do not change or minish aught from my words, but write that all down faith, truthfully, all that I first testify concerning them. Verse 12, then I know another mystery, that books will be given to the righteous and the wise to become a cause of joy and uprightness and much wisdom. Remember, Yahweh said, if you seek, ask, and knock, if you truly follow after Yahweh, then eventually he will teach you. There'll be new books in heaven that you're going to learn from. You'll get, you'll get more wisdom and knowledge. Verse 13, and to them shall the books be given. Remember, in heaven there's going to be a new song that only the righteous can sing, that only, only the righteous will know the words that praise Yahweh, the song of the Lamb. That song hasn't been sung yet. More than likely, it's not going to be sung until the New Jerusalem, unless just the angels have sung it, the one, the two third, or the, the the good angels. But when but when that new song is sung, only the righteous are going to know the words. Only the righteous are going to, get, going to be given further hidden books of knowledge from Yahweh. Verse thirteen: And to them shall the books be given, and they shall believe in them and rejoice over them, and then shall all the righteous who have learned there from all the paths of uprightness be recompensed or rewarded by Yahweh. Martin, that was 104. Before we go to 105, do you have comments? Okay. So, assurances are given to the righteous, admiration of sinners, and false fires of the words of uprightness here. So, Everything, everything you're doing here is recorded. You know, and you cry, cry for judgment, and she'll pity you. For all your tribulation shall be visited on the rulers, those who help, those who plunder you. So essentially, know, know as a righteous that, you know, you will get your reward, and those who do evil will get their punishment. Those are on, says, there, mister, the book shall be given to the righteous, for why has become a cause of joy and uprightness and much wisdom here. First, we have, we have the Bible. And it is to be a cause of joy. It's supposed to be a, you know, something that keeps us steadfast here and much wisdom. 
And to them shall the books be given. They shall believe in them and rejoice over them. And then shall all the righteous who have learned from all the paths of uprightness be recompensed here. So, folks, uh, you know, the scriptures are a source of blessing for us here. The, 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 the laws are a source of blessing for us because essentially it tells us our place here and it makes sure it tells us that we do have a place with Yahweh. So go on to chapter... Actually, Martin, you stay with me because 105 is only two verses. Just stay on the phone. Okay, this talks about Yahweh and the Messiah, the Son, the Father and Son to dwell with man. This talks about the New Jerusalem, folks. Uh, Verse 1, in those days the Lord bade them to summon and testify to the children of the earth concerning their wisdom, showing it unto them, for ye are their guides and a recompense of the whole earth. So the remnant will Okay, uh, looks like Logan got cut off for a minute here. He's probably going to call in. Uh, a second place is North Middle Tennessee. Um, what happens is I was coming up about a minute and 50, you know, an hour and 50 minutes, so I went ahead and hung up. So he probably hit the same thing. Okay, got booted already. Well, probably. Probably. Okay, here we have Logan. Try and join Nietzsche. Here we go. I'm sorry. Uh, just okay. I, I got booted from my two-hour mark. It says, yeah, okay, let me go ahead and finish these two verses. In those days, Yahweh summoned. Okay, what I was saying in verse 1 is that the remnant will be the ambassadors of the earth for Yahweh when the new Jerusalem is set up. Verse 2, for I and my son, Yahshua, this is the father and son, will be united with them forever in the path of uprightness in their lives. And ye shall have peace. Rejoice, ye children of uprightness. Amen, and so be it. Now, Martin, that ends, uh, that ends, and that mirrors right there, 105 mirrors Revelation in the New Jerusalem. Uh, that ends the concluding section of the book, but we have a fragment of Noah which is two short chapters, and then we have another chapter of the Book of Enoch. So we've only got three little chapters left. Uh, we could do them tonight if you wanted. I don't know. We could here. I, you know, or, or, if you, or, hey, or if you want, we can do these last three chapters. We can go ahead and do them on a Sunday. You just want to do these three on Sunday? Let me see how much we got here. Let me Not, see here. Yeah. I don't mind doing them. I'll tell you what, it's already 9 o'clock. Why don't we go ahead and finish these last three on Sunday? It's 9 o'clock. Is that what you want to do? Well, I, yeah, but I mean, we can do it that way here, too. And that uh, way, look, look, look. That, okay, we got enough to talk about. We can close this with a prayer. We, we can talk a little bit, and then... Uh, I mean, I could do them, but I would rush them. And I know sometimes we you want to discuss 
uh, and but what will be done with the book of Enoch and this fragment of Noah, we'll be done with that on Sunday. Okay, we can finish it up because we've been on this for about old oh, couple months now, haven't we? I mean, yeah, but you know what? I mean, the thing is, it's so powerful. It's probably one of the best. The Cave of Treasures, the Book of Adam and Eve, Book of Jasher is okay, but it doesn't. I mean, the, actually, the Book of Enoch is really it, it mirrors Revelation and Daniel uh, and, and Matthew a little bit, the red letters. But I mean, it's, it's right in line with the red letters. I mean, how come our people are not just like Enoch said that he was told in heaven? Enoch was told in heaven that in the last days, and even all along, not just Jews and Mamzers, but that there would be white race traders that would water down Yahweh's truth, would tweak it, would change it, would edit it, would take out uh, some parts of the scripture and would add to other parts. They would say the laws are done away with. I mean, that's causing little children to sin. That's that's a highway to hell right there. I mean, the, these people are evil, Martin. Oh, I agree. I agree. That's that's, so, what, that's what gets me is that you know it's 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 so nice just simply you know having you know having you know having a Bible study or in this case here having the the book of Enoch and you know seeing where it applies to Holy Scripture that essentially these lost books of the Bible do not supplant Scripture but rather they act as a second and third witness here. To yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. They don't contradict any part of the of the revelation, the red letters of the Old Testament. They absolutely, um, they totally, uh, you know, they totally line so up I, I, and, con- and double witness, double witness. So I like, you know, I, I like, I like having a, I like having a Bible study with you, and uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's enjoyable, and those who. Yeah, I mean, look, I used to have it with Gary, and then he got to where he didn't want to do it because he was getting around all his friends. And, you know, basically, all those people of Michigan, they even, look, I mean, Gary, the church disintegrated, and then Ralph Daigle took it over, and he started letting Mamsers and a Muslim come in and sell sell money so he could get rich quick. He wasn't even teaching Scripture. I mean, this, that's why I stopped going to Michigan. And they had some Zogbots and tapping my phone and doing all kind of evil shit and and speaking out of both sides of their mouth. I mean, you know, I mean, look, Gary, listen, 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 listen. Okay. I mean, I'll say that Paul went off the reservation, but, you know, we believe that he was a Benjamite and that he was an apostle, but that he kind of went overboard and went off the reservation. I mean, he look, it's, it's, it's a fact. He turned on John Mark, the author of the Gospel of Mark, and he hated him and wouldn't forgive him. And then he turned on Barnabas, too. Okay, that's why they took Barnabas out and they didn't give the whole story of John Mark. Okay, but here's the deal. Gary Blackwell and all those people in Michigan and Judy Nips and even Russ Walker, they call the Apostle Paul a Jew devil, a serpent seed, and they also call him a homosexual. Now, Gary Blackwell believes that. I don't even. I don't believe that, Mark. I don't believe that crap. Was Gary still alive or what? Uh, last I heard, he was in bad shape. I mean, he had several yeah. surgery. He had several surgeries. He wasn't able to talk on the phone, and uh, you know, he was getting other people to call, and then he, a three-way, and then they were tapping my phone and shit. And they, I mean, Gary, I think he he's not as as coherent as he used to be. And so I just got to where I didn't call anybody in Michigan anymore. 
I mean, I'm talking. I mean, right now I'm studying with Elvis and his wife, and they broke away from, you know, the coal miner. He broke away from Buddy and them, and uh, Elvis don't even have much to do with people in Michigan anymore because they because he went up to Michigan and they were hitting on his wife and treating her like a whore, and they and they were the ones that married Elvis and his wife in the first place. And then they turn right around like like perverted scuzz buckets, and they're trying to get in her pants when he's when he's inside the building. She's out in the parking lot. I mean, this was uh, the guy that uh, the guy that along with Jeremy Visser kind of took over Jim's Jim's local ministry up there. Uh, Ray Bunzo, evidently he yeah, evidently Ray Bunzo he was the one, and another guy. They were talking to Elvis's wife. And he's the one that married Elvis and Darlene a long time ago. And then the first time she goes to feast day, oh. they're out trying. I mean, they're trying to get in her pants. And they look, yeah. she's a married woman. I mean, hell, and and they're trying to get her to cheat on Elvis and sleep with her and call her a whore. Yeah. Her a whore and well, you're, you're you're saying that Don Elmore. I mean, from my guess, he he went ahead and brought in Meerkat Mark. You know, you know, yeah. you know Meerkat Mark Clowney here. From uh, wherever, and you know, his Jew wife here. Uh, pretty well, I was looking at, I was looking at uh, them, and you know, every single time they, these serpents would get in, these mandrakes, whatever, would get in. You know, they would, you know, they would immediately, they would immediately censor any white man who essentially disagreed with them. That's what happened with Maggie. She, oh, I let you in, and you said the women aren't allowed to speak in church, according to Paul. Well, I said, yes, Paul did say that. Whether you like it or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, either you either follow the Bible or you don't here. Why, you know, why, you know, why should I sponsor you for your lawlessness? Because, hey, you know, you, you, you're really proud of the fact you do not have a husband. You know, and the father lets you get away with stuff where you used to, and essentially you don't have a husband. So here you are, essentially a man-hating, you know, quasi-lesbian, whether you're acting on it or not. But essentially you insist that you get to, you know, preach. You get to teach. You get to go ahead and tell men what to do. And that's not the way things work. At least that's not the way things are supposed to work. And, yeah, I got you know, I got banned by old uh, Maggie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, people. You know, I mean, you know, you know, people end up figuring out who you are and what you stand for sooner or later. You know, hey, let me go. Hey, Mark, 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 Mark. Let me go ahead and say a prayer, and then me and you'll talk a little further. Sure. Let me go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. This. Go ahead. All right. Okay, folks. We're going to end this portion of the show, the Bible study, with a prayer. Here we go, dear, dear Heavenly Father Yahweh. We come to you with uh, our open hearts, and we and we look to you in humbleness, and we raise our, our, our hands up to you. We give you thanks, Father Yahweh, for all your goodness, your pure creations, um, your ability to to allow us to repent and to forgive us and to want to remarry a remnant of us. And we just give you thanks for, for most importantly, your truth, which if we fear you and love you and obey your commandments, you, you promise that that we can be uh, you're, you're remarried to uh, a portion of Israel, can be remarried to a portion of you as the Messiah, and that we can have fellowship with you again, and we can be in the new Jerusalem and the new kingdom with you, Father Yahweh. So we, we realize that if we follow you on this earth, it won't be a bed of roses. Uh, we will be persecuted, 
for righteousness' sake, but that it is more than worth it, and that it, it never sin is never worth it. It never pays. It, it Satan makes it makes sin look good and sound good, but it is it is, it isn't even good temporarily, even if some people think it is. Father Yahweh. We should always stand for righteousness and your laws and commandments and truth. And we should strive to all be like you, Father Yahweh, to be holy as you in heaven are holy. So, Father Yahweh, we uh, we read, we finished up this book of Enoch, and we will we'll do the fragment of Noah on Sunday. We will do the last three chapters. But we see that the Old Testament and all the lost books, the true lost books like Enoch, and Revelations, and the red letters all line up. And we see that Paul, whether uh, he started out with Barnabas and John Mark, and they were all on the same page. And then he hated John Mark and wouldn't forgive him, and then he hated Barnabas and, and didn't want to have nothing to do with Barnabas. We stand with Barnabas. We stand with John Mark. We stand with John the Revelator. We stand for with Yahshua and the red letters. And Father Yahweh, most of all, we stand with you and your word. And any body, as Enoch says, that comes along and would try to water down your, your truth and would try to change your words and to add to your words or take away from your words, we want no part of that, but we will expose it. And we will fear you and keep your commandments and walk in humbleness. But we will not be ashamed of your words, and we will not be ashamed to stand for your truth in front of other Israelites, even if we are persecuted. Because if we are ashamed of you and your words, you'll be ashamed of us. So, Father Yahweh, we give you all thanks and glory. We pray for the remnant uh, that's gone on in the past, the present remnant, and any future remnant. And we pray that you keep us and you scold us if we stray because we want to be with you and we want to be your children and obedient. And we want you to say, well done, my son. Well done, my faithful servant. So that's the, we will finish this and, and we pray that our ministry, our our teaching, that we are guided by the Holy Spirit always and that we Always put you first and your words first. And not, not our own ego, not our own pride, not our own desires, or our own agenda. And if we do that, Father Yahweh, we can all praise you and give you thanks and truly put you first. So in your name, we ask this prayer so be it. Hey, Martin. Yeah. Um, I was looking up that lady that you said used to be affiliated with Butler, or she tried to infiltrate Butler, Bianca Trump. And yeah. she, goes by, she goes by Wendy, or she goes by Jenny Smith. Uh, Wendy Orlando, I think was her real she, name. She was from well, she, yeah, her real name, her Wendy Christine of, uh, uh, Ivanow, which don't even sound, it could be Russian, I don't know. But anyway, she's got brown hair and brown eyes and dark skin. She's she's an Anglo mestizo. She she could even be, I don't know if she's part Jew, but she's not white. 
Okay, well, you know, here they were. And so I asked them, well, how would you find out about her being a porn star? And I said, oh, well, we tried to tell about like she was a porn star. I said, well, how would you tell she was a porn star? Well, I guess they were watching her porn. <laughs> Well, uh, hold on. Hold on. Did you say? Hold on. Did you say that she was um, hanging out with Butler? She tried to hang out with Butler, and then you know, found out she did a number of porn flicks, so like extra skanky to where she here she was. She, but she's from Brooklyn, New York. She's from Brooklyn, New York. She's probably got deep oh, blood. She she's a mongrel. She's got she's she's got brown skin, brown hair, brown eyes. What? So. She's part Italian, which means she's probably a Guido Jew like like Russ Walker and all these other people, and, and, and Clifton Emeheiser. So the thing is, she's an Italian from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, that tells you that Butler did not have too good a discernment to allow her to come in. Second of all, she was probably a snitch or informant. She was probably like Axis Skanky trying to infiltrate. Yeah, I, I just I just went ahead. She looks like a mantress here. She's 45 now. But, yeah. uh, hey, free babe porn video set 37 here. So, uh, now this was, essentially she was a, she's just simply a whore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, she looks like a wapus here. She, you know, I mean, Let's see here. Yeah, she's an Italian from she's an Italian from uh, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. Well, yeah, I mean bro, that's all a bunch of mongrels. That's all a bunch of Guido mongrels, Jews, Mamsers. That's all they are. Yeah, in case here. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at. So I'm anyway, at, hey, look, man, I looked on that event that's happening in Middle Tennessee. It's going to be outside, and that they always go to that same state park in Dixon. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that uh, you know it's a bunch of zogbots and mamsers and Jews. I mean, they held they had a Rothschild there one year. Remember uh, that year that guy from Canada was wanting me to go uh, and. He's the one, the guy from Canada that freaked the crap out of uh, um, Corn Cob. What was that guy from Canada that was a white nationalist? Hell if I know. Hell if I know. Anyway, he wanted me to go, and I looked on the the same event a few years back, and they had a Roth, a guy last name Rothschild. I mean, it's obvious they don't even try to hide it that it's it, it's it's a Zogbot uh, gathering of. You know, trying to get stupid wiggers to go and get arrested or set up or get on a, a list to get their name and email and and, and get a profile of them. You know, I mean, what, you know, okay. it's just. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not going to go to. It. I'm going to boycott it. If you want to, if you want to recommend it, you can. I, I'm not going to recommend it. No, I'm not. You know, I mean, I'm not going to drive to Nashville. Essentially, Zogmot Silly Roper doesn't like me for good reason. Uh, have so, you ever? Hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, have you ever met Billy Roper? Yeah, yeah. I went to, yeah. to, to pizza. I mean, what what happens is that he's buddy buddies, and then oh, what he what he did is, uh, well, I got out of the nut house here. He said, oh, "I never believed that shit about you anyway." And then the you know, then in 2010, he invited me to be. You'll see him get married over at Tom Robbs to, uh, I, you know, I mean, I think it was a girlfriend before this one. You know what I mean? 
But anyway, uh, that was a different girlfriend. But anyway, he claimed to have Chris Identity, you know, girlfriends or something like that. And this one, she don't know anything about Chris Identity. You know what I mean? Billy doesn't know anything about it. And that's, you know, the point, you know, what I'm going to talk about tonight is that, uh, hey, you know, uh, essentially Hill got axed skankied again by having a whole bunch of Zogbots and, you know, uh, critters and mamsers and all this sort of run wild, you know, with them here. But in any case, when I was, uh, you said Don Elmore, they were trying to, they were trying to go ahead yeah. and do some wife swapping with you or something like that, or have you married one of their old uh, skanks or something or Another or is that somebody else here? Uh, Don Elmore. I don't know if I know him. Was he in Tennessee? Where was this guy at? Northern Kentucky. You know what I mean? I don't know if I know him. Hold on. on. I got an email from, I think, that guy and his wife. I never met him. They were trying to get me to come out of identity. They were one seed liners. I think they were no devil. And they were making fun of, of and. They were they were listening to my show and other shows and following the identity, but they were my, trying to be white nationalists. I think they were friends of Mark Downey or something. But they were, I mean, they were bad news. I never met them though. I never, I mean, they were actually making fun of me and other people for wanting to believe the two C line about Satan has little kids in the earth and everything. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think I was looking at their uh, what? Oh, their. Their thing here, and I went ahead and seen the one about Meerkat Mark Downey here. So, you know, the little, you know, the little yap yap about, uh, oh, where the hell is it here? Oh, I was looking for it here. I seen it, you know, just the other, you know, I just see it just the other, you know, other while here. Essentially, Meerkat Mark and uh, the rest of them were, oh, doing, uh, well, I thought you went ahead and said that Don Elmore was pretty well running a wife swapping. Wife swapping no, I didn't here. say that. I, I've never met the guy. I mean, I didn't say that. I think I, I got an email from him and his wife, and they were... He used to get in arguments with Russ Walker, and that's how I, I got on his. Hey, he got my email because of Russ. All these idiots send me email because Russ, a long time ago, he'll give my email and everybody else's email out. You'll get on this email list, and everybody wants to get off, and Russ keeps on doing the same old shit. So now that I'm no longer friends with Russ and he's mad at me, maybe I won't get any more of these idiots, you know, <laughs> sending me stupid shit. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he gave me a call here and uh, gave me oh, a call. Oh, you actually talked to you actually talked to the guy. I well, I think you said something about him, or somebody said something about him. Maybe if somebody else said something swapping. about it, it wasn't me. Wife swapping, you know, wife swapping. No, I, I, I didn't. Say, I don't know anything about his wife swapping. I don't care. I mean, the guy. I mean, the guy. He doesn't believe one seed line. He's pretty much a one seed line or two seed line. He's a no, one he, seed line or no devil. He don't. He, I mean, he he's not even. I don't even know him and his wife are pure white. I thought hell, they they could be bongles for all I know. Well, they were. So anyway, here here they are. They're they're. What what. What happens with the alt kike sort of falling, you know, into uh, disarray? Pretty well, you end up having just the same old imitation white, you know, white nationalists. But what was funny is that here's Harold 
He's on Vince Bubaros' show. Vince Bubaros' big buddy is Uncle Tom's Og Pig Boy. And he's part of the ANSMC. You know, he wanted to be clubhouse. Why well, say clubhouse? He wanted to be part of the ANSMC. He wanted to be part of the ANSMC with this, uh, with this card who claims to be Butler's grandnephew. And, uh, hey, none of them know anything about Chris Sunday. They not know anything about anything. You know what I mean? And so here's yeah. Mel Covington, and he doesn't know who the hell he's talking to. You know, and, uh, you, know, you know, Michael Hill, he doesn't know, you know, or care. You know, he's, he's screaming about Jews, but he doesn't know that he has male fake because he's Jew. And he's yeah. too pig to pay. He yeah, and he, also, and he also allows Colburn and Whores and their new white husband and her mulatto mongrel nig- niglet child from a previous relationship to enter the congregation. So yeah. Michael Hill, I mean, that organization's a joke. They allow white coal-burning whores and their niglet children from getting knocked up by no telling how many niggers she fucked, and now she wants to pretend to be a white woman and for the white race. And this white, I mean, any any self-respecting white man that would take sloppy seconds and the mongrel kid and have a family with it, I mean, come on, just take the whore, and she's no longer part of the white race. And that white man, he needs to wait for a white woman. I mean, I, 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 none of those should be allowed in the congregation. None of it. And yet, uh, you witnessed it a long time ago, and Russ Walker's first time he was there, he witnessed the same shit. So they've been doing that for 30 years, allowing mulattoes in, in there. So, you know. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I just saw. I just saw. You know, sort of. It's hey, say, hey, listen. Hey, listen. It says this on the bio that this uh, Bianca Trump that she claims that she's part Latino and part Negro. So not only is she a uh, Italian Guido, but she admits she's got Puerto, Puerto Rican in her. I mean, she admits all this. So if that's the case, first of all, by confusion of face, you know she's not white. Why would Butler even associate with somebody like this? I don't understand. I mean, she's not. Look, Axis Skanky actually looked halfway white until you really do some investigation. This girl don't even look white a mile down the street. You can look at her a mile away until she's not white. So, I mean, Harold Covington has a little more scruples than, than even Butler did. I mean, it, I mean, if Butler associates with this, this with this Puerto Rican beaner, Jew Guido, you know, dark skin, dark hair, dark eyes, uh, whore, uh, he associates with her. And, I mean, uh, so did she actually go to the World Congress? Did she did she show up at the Air Nations or something? I don't know. She uh, she just, you know, well, I'm skanky is pretty well left all this sort of thing. I think she just, you know, behaving herself and, working as a mortician somewhere, you know what I mean? So Yeah, who cares? Actually Stanky's a mongrel, she's a traitor. Well, yeah, she's a traitor to the US yeah. government. She's uh, she, she's a traitor to any militia or patriot. She's not even white. She's a phony. She's a Zogbot. Uh who gives a shit? She don't have white kids. I mean stop pretending to be white. Stop pretending that your girl that your kids are white. You're all shit skinned mamsers and you're you're nothing but evil. 
Otherwise, that is, you know, shoot, why, why, why pretend that you're, it's a big deal when you screwed niggers and Jews, nigger Jews? I mean, yeah. essentially, you're, you're a man, so what difference does it make? You know, how many yeah. Jews and niggers you fuck? You know what I mean? Who cares? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're a mongrel, if you're a mongrel, I mean, it's like, if you're a mongrel, or if you're a Negro or Asian or you're Jew, I don't care what you do, Yahweh's laws are for you. And if you're white, if you're a race trader and you don't repent, you got some problems. But I mean, we're the only we're the only teach Yahweh's word to the pure white race. We don't give a shit what these other people do, Martin. No, we don't here. So that's that's what you know. That's what gets me is that shoot, none of them you know none of them knew how to, you know none of them know how to act. You know what I mean? And that's what you know. That's what pretty well you know with. Uh, you know, with Harold, I mean, shoot, he just simply, he just simply, you know, here here he is, and it just goes to show that he was not keeping an eye on things. He was not taking care of business. He was not essentially looking out after, you know, he was not looking after the people who said he was, you know, Okay, has he learned his lesson? Is he doing any better? Is he still in the same shit? Is he pretty no, much... No, he's, he's, he's almost followed by Billy, essentially, and you know, essentially here he is. Here he is on show by a character who isn't white. You know what I mean? Yeah. And his best friend is uh, Uncle Tom's dog, Pig Bully. Essentially, you know, Billy Roper's dog, uh, Uncle Tom's dog, here are all these characters. Let's not doubt the Zog Babylon is doomed. Let's not doubt the Zog Babylon is doomed. But what you cannot pretend, what you cannot pretend is that, guess what? Zog knows what the hell it's doing, or essentially that you know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Because you don't. You know what I mean? No. You, you don't have a clue as to what the hell you're doing, now do you? You know no. what I mean? So, uh, you're just, a stupid, you're wigger, just a stupid wigger, and you don't have a clue. Yeah, you're just going to get people in trouble. And, uh, you know, no, I mean, I agree. I agree that Zog Babylon is going to fall apart. I agree that you're going to have warlordism, but shoot, you're not going to have, you're not going to have a bunch of warlords who are going to be following Harold Covington or, you know, Zogmot Silly Roper or Dr. Michael Hill or this character up you know, up in, you know, up in what, Maine or something like that here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. So anyway, I I think it's about time that we uh, call it a night, and I'll try to go ahead and get my show on before 11. Uh, all right, Mark. Hey, hey, we'll finish. Those last three chapters on Sunday will be done, okay? And we'll start you something else. Okay. All right, Hell Victory, good night. Uh, Hell Victory, good night. I'll talk to you later. Hell Victory. You bet. Hell Victory. All right, well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start my other show pretty soon. You have a good one. I'm going to say Hell Victory. May Yahweh bless and good night. And today is the uh, last day of May of 2018, and it's about a quarter to ten. Hell Victory. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.